perhaps it's faith that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And welcome, 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 welcome. And I want to thank everybody here in the studio audience for applauding for the start of the podcast so much. The podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. And I'm Ellie. And that's it today. We got, yeah. we got three. It's the magic number. Is it? That's what he's saying in the song. Three oh, is it? Here's the magic number. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. How do you not know that? I don't know it. I used up all my useless information about films. <laughs> I got nothing left for anything else. So, is that just a British thing? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Who is it? Sorry? Is it like a band? What is it? It was a song, wasn't it? But they, sung, sung by a band, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they always say three is the magic number. Well, there we go. Uh, today. Uh, uh, it's by Bob Durrer. Bob Durrer, there we go. Yeah, we I don't even know who that is. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, today, se- Liam doesn't know, that's a yeah, worry. That's a worry. Today, 76 <laughs> is the magic number. Episode 76, Independence Day. Yeah. And we're celebrating on Independence Day. This is, yeah, we're, we're yeah. recording this on Independence Day. It'll come yeah. out a couple days late. Uh, I've never been in the States for July 4th. You've been in the States a few times. You've been there for July 4th? I have. Oh, really? Okay. I was in Vegas. Wow. Yeah, wasn't that great? Oh, no? No. Well, I they, guess Vegas, like, Vegas is Vegas every day of the year, I imagine. Well, they got told no fireworks. Oh. Because they're so close to the airport. Oh, okay. So they were saying no no fireworks, no nothing, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, so that's a bit dampened on. And I guess if you're a tourist, it's different from, like, obviously, it's a, it's not really a day for tourists. It's a day for locals no, to get together yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And I was expecting, like, big parties and stuff like nah, that. No, it's and, all like barbecues and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You don't come together as a community. I'm speaking from, from my limited perspective, but that's my understanding of it. Is it, I was expecting I want a I want experience July the fourth in want? America. What do you want? Like a parade? Yeah, I want oh, a parade. I don't I think want it's that. Fireworks. I, want I don't a, think it's that thing. No, I, no, want, no. I wanted the big shebang. Because you know? you're doing there's fireworks at the end of this film. You're just making, <laughs> yeah. you're just making work for everybody else though. If you do no, that, I know. I know. Come come marshal a parade for me. I want <laughs> I want entertainment. Well, are you here about July the fourth? And you met as a big thing, right? I just expected big things when I went over there. Well, I'll tell you what, expecting big things and expecting entertainment, let's talk about where we charted this week, shall we? Yeah, do it. So we charted this week in Canada, Canada. in Germany, uh, in Spain, in Brazil, in India, Singapore, Israel, Finland, 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 hey. in the Ukraine. God bless the Ukraine. They tried yeah, hard yesterday. They did try hard. Uh, Taiwan. Uh, we charted in Nigeria. And now we're going to do the fun stuff. We were, ta- we were 72nd in the U.S. If we were 
we got top 100 in the U.S. Wow. I'm really quite chuffed. Brilliant. They yeah. must know that we're doing Independence Day this week. Well, That's what that is. Uh, we were number 44 in Denmark, number nice. 50 in Pakistan, number wow. 43 in Australia, number 35 in Switzerland, number 38 in South Africa, number 39 in the Czech Republic. Wow. Uh, while we're at it, we're number 31 here at home in the UK. Uh, where else do I want to talk about? We were number 17 in Malaysia. We have a... Uh, let's take a look. What else? We remain number one in Ghana. Woo! We Excellent. remain number one Thank in Paraguay. You. Woo! Hey. We remain number one in Uganda. Yeah! <laughs> oh, I know, we've retained our listeners. And, and in a new... Market. Ooh. New market. Yep. Ooh. We are number five in South Korea. Wow. That's wow. cool. That's very and cool. number 28 in all in film and TV. And South Korea is like the, the sixth biggest market actually for podcasts. Didn't know that before no. it showed up. Because it shows up in the rankings where, where, where I access them in size of market. That's why it's always America, Britain, Canada, oh, okay. those first three yeah. every week. Not yeah, because yeah. of any order I'm putting them in, but it's the size of the market. And so, um, yeah, so South Korea is something like one, two, three, four, five, sixth. Yeah, the sixth biggest market that is for podcasts. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank so you. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Only sixth as far as like the size of the list that we appear on. Yeah, yeah. They might be like 10th or 12th overall, but I don't know. But, uh, but i tell you what, they're number one in my hearts uh, this week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, South Korea. Thank you. Um, so, a promo, if you haven't already caught it already, catch our uh, Terminator 2 episode last week i can feel i can very safely predict it will be our strongest first week yet I it is know. one off the record it's a good it's and we have all that we have the rest of the night tonight and all day tomorrow yeah so yeah. i think we will cross that that yeah, barrier so. yeah so we have that it's also been our best continued june was our best month in the history of the podcast and i mean not by a little bit like we took the old record out back and beat it up for a while <laughs> yeah so that was quite fun <laughs> so I enjoy that sort of stuff. Uh, BFE Quiz Night's doing well. People seem to be liking that. So thank you very much for People checking love a quiz. that out. People do love a quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just it's a little bit just a little bit of a shift from what we usually do. Yeah. So a little bit more. Here's some get you interacted at home even just sort of talking along back to us. Yeah. Uh, Loki episode four dropped today on the Nexus event. That was just me and you, Liam. Yeah. Good practice for today. It was just me, you, and Ellie, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And I then, still haven't started watching Loki. <laughs> well, when you <laughs> do, there's a companion the podcast you That's can listen because to. because it's yeah. been so low-key. Oh. You haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, oh, just some other things. I'm on the Film Effect pod still with Ed doing Hateful Eight, and I'm on It's a Musical doing... Um, Chicago. Oh, yes. Yeah, My hair musical yeah. Chicago. So that's about it. Uh, go ahead, please. If you haven't already done so, why don't get a hold of us with, uh, for our next real roundtable and the best sports films? Give us your top five sports films. Put them in an order, please. And tell me what it is. Don't just list five films. And some people, you think it's five to one. Some oh, people no, do no, it no, one no, to five. No. Yeah. Please just number them. Okay. Number them. I don't care if you go five to one or one to five, as long as the numbers are beside them. Because you'll go, well, isn't it obvious? I'm going one to five. Isn't it obvious? I'm going five to one. I'm going, no, because there are two different types of people out there. Yes, there is. And the easiest (laughs) thing also is please do hashtag BFE top five. If you don't put it on there, there's no guarantee it makes the list. I'll do my best, but the internet's a big place. Mm -hmm. So there we go. And don't ask me. (laughs) <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah don't don't tag Liam in your tweet <laughs> so uh, George is not here because she's doing her cool outdoorsy job thing yeah it rained today Ooh. I was thinking about that yeah. I bet but she it, still made a fire I'm sorry, she probably did <laughs> of course she did in the rain waited till it rained needs a challenge absolutely <laughs> uh, let's do some reflections and corrections Terminator 2 a couple of just really nice um, promos that some of our friends of the podcast did for us here so first Ray from Not Before Coffee says Linda Hamilton gets ripped there's a second Terminator on the loose and he's not going to sacrifice himself for anything 
But the original T-800, he's now got a new mission. Save the person he originally went back to kill. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking and, of Hamilton, did you know it's been a year since we watched and reviewed Hamilton? We did. Talking to Mickey. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good shout out. Talking, talking to Mickey. Came Talk, up on my Facebook memories today. Did it. Talking of Hamilton, I went to see into the, whatever it was, Heights. In the Heights? In the Heights, yeah. In the Heights. Did you and, like it? Uh, oh. Yeah and no. Oh, okay. I got, liked it. That was a bit too we fast should, talking for me. You should get you two, and I don't know if George or, or myself are going to watch it. You guys should do like a, a see it or skip it on it. Oh, okay. You've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, have stuff to say. There's some really good bits in it, though, really. Be weird. Like. Be weird. Mean, yeah. I wouldn't have to be on it. <laughs> what would that? Jeez. Then we've got Paul and Griff who said they said they'll be back, and they are. Listen to BFE. Otherwise, they may just take your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think. I think I think in the battle, I, I, think, I, think, I think Griff wins this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yep. Uh, Mark from Overpriced Concessions, a new, a new responder to us here, says, love the episode so far. I'm blinded by all the love I have for this movie, so it's nice to see it from a more critical perspective. To be fair. It's kind of the opposite of a Dan Mackles response. It is. <laughs> First Dan was like, why don't you like my film? <laughs> Well, it's kind of like you were for Greece as well. I know, I know. But, I know. but he's, a hot take but, for you this week, Dan. But, yeah. <laughs> but Mark from Overpriced Concessions is going, I really like the idea that someone's kind of looking at it objectively. Well, do you know what? That's what we do this podcast because. Well, except uh, for when you review Greece. Well, <laughs> I hope. Well, don't we need to come back to that? I, I have it in my oh. list. I have it in my list. Okay. Yes. And, and Liam has been warned about springing this on you today. No, no, no. no, no, no. I can't get a little bit tetchy. You can't. You, yeah. <laughs> Man, Is you, it going to end up as a two person podcast? There, there's today, a point Ian. where you listen to it, and I'm like, people probably think it's like this really fun, light, bantery thing. I'm like, oh no, it got proper intense there for a little bit. <laughs> it did, <yeah. laughs> I was like, <laughs> the fear was real. <laughs> Uh, Mark continues by going, is it the best film ever? No, not by a long shot. This isn't Greasy's talking about. It's Terminator 2. But he says, it is the best action movie ever. And I would go, no, well, not you, Ellie. You gave it a four and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm going, okay, so I come up with a short list of films that I thought maybe... I like Captain America Civil War. You can argue it's maybe too superhero-y and not action-y enough. But Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Yeah, but you know what I like about Terminator 2? Yeah. It's continuous. It's a, it's a driven... You know, like, the, the Terminator never yeah. stops? That's the same. Okay, what about The Matrix, then? Let's go with that, because The Matrix, Ooh, it never stops either, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mr. Anderson is basically the T-1000. Yeah, the yeah. guy who's followed him is Agent Smith, is basically the T-1000, Ooh, isn't he? Oh, that's tough. So that's one where I'm like... That first Matrix Ooh, is amazing That first movie. Matrix is an amazing <laughs> is, movie. I haven't seen it since I was about 10. And oh. then finally, just as far as great action movies, I think a little film called Die Hard wouldn't mind oh. its place in the sun there, would <laughs> right. it? Oh. Die Hard. Which the one best Christmas two movie ever. Two? We 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 Which reviewed three. We, review? we reviewed three. 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 Yeah. That's the only one I've seen, but Three's I I much good. prefer that to Terminator. Well, there we go. So there we go. Uh, something that we came up with Liam last week is we were trying to figure out: Did Arnold win the Mister Olympia or the Mister Universe? Yes, you said Universe. I, I said Olympia. The correct answer is both. Oh yes, <laughs> he won the Mister oh, Universe. You don't have to press the button. Don't yeah, press yes. the button. He Aww. he won the Mister Universe four times, wow. and then went on to win Mister Olympia seven times. Whoa. And what is the difference you may ask between Mister Universe and Mister Olympia? Uh, yeah, what no one's it? heard of Mister Olympia. No professionals can compete in Mister Olympia, so you can make money. Oh, Mister okay. Universe was 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 amateur. Uh, oh, yeah. So once oh, okay. he started making like bang from being an actor, you know, he was he he switched over because I guess you know, yeah, 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 better for his profile. So yeah. Did you ever see that picture of him? Like, I mean, his physique. I mean, his shoulders. The one where he's got that really kind of like early eighties, late seventies haircut. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and his waist. Yeah. What the. That's so not, that's unreal. Uh, I put forward a poll last week. Well, we were talking. Do you have to have seen 
Or how many people had seen Terminator 1 before seeing Terminator 2? I had, yeah. Because I said I hadn't. Mm-hmm. And Ellie hadn't now. And obviously Georgia hadn't. But the question was, I said, I don't really think it makes much of a difference. And I said, and plus, I think more, more people, if they're being honest, would, would say they, they saw number two first. So. There's a mistake. <laughs> as I'm known to do, I put a poll up. Hashtag Ian is not always right. Hey. <laughs> I think the audience is just misremembering is what's happening here. Um, 63.5% of people said they had seen number one before number oh, two. Yeah, I had, yeah. I know Liam, but we were just asking everybody know, else. Know, yes, we were. Okay. Liam is representative of the world. Liam is the everyman on the pod. I am the That's everyman. true. Um, so, uh, Geek Exploitation. Gleek- Geek Exploration. There we go. Wow, Sorry, I'll try it again. That's a mouthful. Geek Exploration, the podcast, said, I watched them back to back on VHS when I was nine and home from school sick. I peaked young. <laughs> That's a bit young to watch that, isn't it? Oh, I would think so. I was young, though, when I watched yeah. Terminator, like, the first one. Especially with that stabbing through the eye. Well, forget the stabbing the eye, because it's, it's when he's like his face starts breaking off and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Like, you think about 91, I was 11. Yeah. So, and I didn't see Terminator 2 until like a year later when it came on VHS. Yeah. So, and I saw Terminate the first one before that. So, yeah. I must have been about the same age. Okay. Because I saw it in black and white. And then, uh, I believe oh, it I was <laughs> Hermes. It was, it, it was Hermes. Because I kept calling out the bootstrap paradox. And he said, are you sure it's the grandfather paradox? And I went, I don't know what the grandfather paradox is. Yeah, what's that? So, I looked it up. And basically, it's when you are responsible for your own existence. So, like, John Connor sends back Reese yeah. so that he can then be born. That's the grandfather paradox. You can't be your own grandfather, but in a sense, he kind of is because he's establishing the motions that get Ew. him oh. made. Oh. Not that he's literally is. It's not, no, it's not no, incestuous, no, no. but it's, he, he's setting forward the, the <laughs> setting, setting motion. So, in that regard, it is grandfather paradox. But I'm not going to push the button because it still f- fulfills the bootstrap paradox, which is if Cyberdyne doesn't have the T-100 arm from the first movie, it can't create Skynet, which then results in the Terminator being sent back in time for the first movie to occur. True. So it's still the bootstrap paradox as well. Yep, there we are. Two paradoxes for the price of one. It's like the Mr. Olympia, Mr. Universe thing all over again. Almost caused a paradox in the space-time continuum. There we go. (laughs) Thanks for that, Hermes. Thank you. Um, We also get from i think this is from carlo i think it's hilarious that bfe argues the legal implications of murdering a ro- of a murdering robot right after giving a Sorry. shout out to law and order <laughs> i mean can you imagine that law and order episode <laughs> i tracked that down just to make that, that joke that <laughs> uh here's something that one needs to be pushed there's a mistake i think i made liam Ooh, oh did i make a mistake Oh. Remember we talked about the face swapping app last week? Yeah. In New Edge. <laughs> I haven't done that for weeks. And then you went, six months. And then you Did went, you go back into and then Facebook you went, and find one And then you went, you went, you went, okay, two weeks. That's what you claimed. I went back. It had been eight days. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I meant was, I was into my second week. <laughs> uh, Paula Griff Show says, great episodes, oh, peeps. Everybody funny. is different, but no way is Days of Thunder better than T2. And so I thought to myself, Ooh. I like a poll. And yeah. <laughs> as a result, the numbers are in. The numbers are in. I didn't even see this one. This is a surprise to me. Is... Is Days of Thunder a better film than Terminator 2? Wow. <laughs> With 88.2% wow. of the vote, the answer is a resounding no. <laughs> to be I fair, got, I don't like either, so I don't I really so, care. I got so much flack from people going, 
why would you even ask this question? And I went, listen to the episode. And yeah. it makes sense. It was a, what are you going to be doing next? And I'm like, no, no, you have to, it makes sense within the context of the episode. You have to, because I guess in a vacuum, if I went, what's a better movie? Robin Hood Men in Tights or Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ooh. You might be like, Okay, these are two very different films. Yeah, what, yeah. what reason do you have to compare these? Well, it has it well, happened organically. In Ellie's defense, there are some that agreed. I'll tell you what. Recasted Pod said Days of Thunder has the better soundtrack. Now, I guess from that, they mean licensed music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right? See. So you have all that great... Give me some loving or whatever it is. Yeah, you don't really want the... Well, Terminator had, you know, bad to the bone. One of the only things I liked about Terminator was the music. Lo-fi top five movie podcast said maybe next time you guys could compare Encino Man to Terminator 2. But I went, yes, it's it's organically part of the episode. Liam, on that note, on that note about uh, rethinking the decisions we made, it, I said I was going to give you a week to think about it and throw back about Greece. How, how are you feeling about the, the 10? I'm, I'm just curious, kind of what your thought on is. Okay. All right. My heart is 10 and all over the place. And it always will. <laughs> if your heart was a Doctor Who actor, it would be David Tennant. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, your face Terrible. was like, your yeah. face was like, where is he going with this? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I do understand. We're looking for the best film ever. We are. Greece is still one of my best film ever's, and I still love it, and it's still a ten in my heart, maybe twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I can't get. I thought about it because we haven't spoken about honestly, this. I just literally no, talked to you on the couch and honestly, said, right, yep. "When you mentioned it last week, I was yep. like, no, I'm sticking with ten. I'm sticking with, <laughs> I'm sticking with ten. You can you can leave it a week. I don't care. I'm sticking with ten. Oh, trust me, I picked up on that. So I'm actually quite surprised to hear right? this conversation. No, and and I, midweek I think it was, um, I was at work and I and that came into my head again. And I was like, do you know what? He's probably right. You know, you've got to think a little bit more about it. And you know, it's not about my heart and how I feel. It's about picking what we think is the best film ever. <laughs> So, with that, I'm going to give it a 13. <laughs> no. This is the part where I get up and quit. <laughs> Grease is the word. Yeah, it's still the best word. film ever. No. Um, I'm going to drop it to a nine. Okay. It can be your... F- I, it, I thought about dropping okay. it to an eight, but I can In my heart, I could not drop right. it to an eight. Because I was... It's okay for... It can be your favourite film ever. Um, the problem is we're not doing favorite film ever. So I think the fact that you went away and kind of thought it on your own. And I did. And honestly, if you had come back and said 10, good. if you had come back and said 10, I would have gone, all right. And, and that would have been it. I would have let it. I would have sleeping dogs honestly, lying. I, I really was. I was yeah. digging my heels in. And I was like, no, I, I'm sticking with the 10. Yep. But I I'd, think for any acknowledgement of it being under 10, you're acknowledging that it has flaws, yep. even though you still love it. Yeah. So. And it's hard for me. Because, and nine is still really good. Yeah. You know, so I found that middle ground. Yep. You know, and I went went with a nine. Yeah, I bet all of us are going middle ground. A nine? <laughs> what? <laughs> you watch by the end of the month. If you're up, go down to eight, if, seven, if you're up there five. and you're going, you, you need to know how big of a step this is for Liam. I think. <laughs> I, I think they know, don't they? I, I think by now. And then just finally, do Hickey. We want to thank Julene Hermes, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Hey, there we are. Um, and Carlo for. Throwing back the word doohickey. So that Yay. was good. Uh, Terminator oh, 3. I think of a new, new word, haven't I? You do have to think of one. So there you Ooh. go. Terminator 3 is Arnie with the coffin. It is. That's what I got from Carl. Oh, so, okay. Cool. Uh, just some more shout outs while we're at it. Uh, your next favorite movie for the love. And also, they're having the best month ever. Oh. As in, they're going to have us on 
each each yeah, yeah, each yeah. week for a whole month five episodes of best hey, film ever that is so incredible, i've done mine you've done I've yours done mine, ethan's yeah. next week and then i know the girls are getting recorded at some point cool. i don't know if that's the order they'll come out in it might be i don't know <laughs> yeah, who knows? so <laughs> i have a feeling a compilation of us speaking of favorite your next favorite movie this has the word favorite i can only imagine what film you chose to do there liam my favorite movie. Yeah, your favorite movie. I wonder what that might have been. Oh, yeah, geez, let me think. I'm acting like I wasn't sitting on is the couch a, while you were recording it. <laughs> is it a film that I gave a 10 to or a 9? I'll say this much. Liam gives his <laughs> Liam gives his casting choices for if they redid Grease today. And I actually sat there and went, it's pretty good. Yeah. I really struggled with that question on my movie. But oh, okay. if you had to redo your movie, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no, it's a good, that's a good cast. I think musicals are easy to imagine, you know, redos because that's what they are all the yeah, time. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. them go over and over and over again. So, but it's not something I'd thought about before. No, because, it was good. You know, it's, it's a film that I don't want recast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, um, but, but I agree with your logic. So there we go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the effing nerds for the love. The film effect podcast. Ed over there for all the love. The family plot podcast for the love. Ready educator for the love. The ratchet book club for the love. I saw it on Linden Street for the love. Kids, what are we watching tonight for all the love? The so wizard podcast nice. for the love. Shoot the flick for the love. Cinema recall for the love. Sequelize it, who I think are new. Yeah, that sounds it. For the love. Uh, hindsight movie reviews. So we have looking forward and sequelize it and looking back in hindsight movie reviews. Thank you very much. Uh, Jump by the name of Nick Brown Eller. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he caught me on uh, the Film Effect podcast and started listening to some of our stuff and started wrecking us to people and saying this is a really good podcast. Oh, so thanks a lot, Nick. Appreciate you. that. Uh, Julian for the love. Paul and Griff for all the love. And Julian uh, as well on that level for all the love. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah. really do go above and beyond. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. For all the love. Um, Main Street Finance, it'll be Alex for the love and promoting our Loki episodes. Uh, Hermes was really excited. He caused me to press the button. Uh, for the record, <laughs> he likes Liam. He's part of the, you know, he's like, yep, yeah, 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 I like yeah, Liam. Yeah. Liam needs to know I still like him, but isn't sure about Ellie yeah, after but... saying she didn't like Arnie. <laughs> and he's not happy that Dances with Wolves didn't win. I'm pretty sure Dances with Wolves is eligible. Oh, it is. It won Best Picture, didn't it? It is, it is, it is. Yeah, and he won Best Director for it. So yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's well, pretty good. It's going to be on our cards someday. Isn't yeah. It? And Alex from Main Street Finance has now named himself part of what he's dubbed the hashtag, the 33%. <laughs> so that'll be your little fan group, I think, buddy. Uh, thanks to the Fincher analyst, who's this, like, David Fincher, uh, like, blog. Hey. Who took our episode, our interview with Sean Prasad and, yeah. like, did, like, a whole feature on it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, it's been really quite, yeah. It's been all of a sudden out of nowhere. I'm just like, ooh. Thank you very it's much. It's back. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Debbie, friend of the podcast, hey, for <laughs> calling me out on something being quite unique. Now, here's something that I'm going to give a little bit of education <laughs> for our British and North American <laughs> listeners, because you're both going to be equally unaware. Because I was out over here for about six years before I realized that when we say quite in North America, and when you say quite in Great Britain, you actually mean two very different things. Quite. So, nice if, I say, <laughs> so if I say a film's quite good in Canada, quite is an amplifier so it would be very good that's oh, quite really? good over here in the uk you say it's quite good you're like yeah. it's almost good yeah, it's, it's not, not quite great. it's not quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's 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 below it's good just because i was asking yeah. a colleague i'm like why do we have quite good below good i said that makes no sense because it makes absolute sense i yeah. went what i'm like i don't know how i lived here for six years before picking this up that's crazy so this is where the the hashtag Canadian quite has come into play. It's kind of a little bit catchphrase. We'll say quite. I have to, I have to make sure that it's known. I'm Canadian quite. I mean, very. I literally, literally ask Ian all the time whether he means Canadian quite. Canadian quite? I go Canadian quite. quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Ian is always right. Ian is always quite. So, because uh, I said quite unique. And I'll stand by if you're quite means very. You could be very unique. I'm very unique. Like, I guess the act, the argument is that the act of being unique shouldn't need any further. You can't be a little bit unique. And maybe you can't be a little bit unique, but you can be really unique. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would argue that. <laughs> 
Like like Nicolas Cage unique. Nicolas Cage is really unique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quite unique. Quite unique. Canadian style. <laughs> so a uh, couple more. We've got the one five. Sorry, one five one. The show for the love. That will be a new group. The low fi oh. top five movie pod. I think they're new for all the love. Mouse after midnight. Danny and Drew from It's a Musical for all the love. And you can catch Danny on our quiz night that was just released on Friday. The back look cinema pod. Another new contributor for the love and some fun about Electric Boogaloo, which Boogaloo. brought in Alex from Street Finance, of course. And Dwayne Smith threw in a couple of questions into the BFE mailbag, which you can do anytime. Please make sure you use the hashtag AskBFE or hashtag BFE mail call so we make sure we get on that. And finally, the good people at Podcast Ranker listed their independent podcasts of the week. We've been lucky enough to be featured a couple times. We finished second one week and fourth the, the following week. And we got second this week again. So that was, that was really nice to see. I so. thought you going to say sixth. <laughs> Nope, second. We, we, whatever it was, we fixed it. Ooh. We're back to number two. So our good friends at Ocho Duro Parlay Hour took the number one spot, and well done to them. Well done, yeah. And well done to us, 20,000 downloads. Way, 20,000. It's, it. it's a big number for us. Exciting. There's some pods who we listen to that, and they'll be going, oh, it's cute. You got 20,000. No, for yeah, us, yeah. it's a big deal. It's a big deal for us. And for other podcasts who are listening, they'll be going, I can't even imagine 20,000. And there'll yeah. be a time when we start out like 20,000. I always say, I thought it'd only be three <sighs> listeners. It took us 337 days to get our first 10,000. Yeah. It only took us 138 days to get our next 10,000. Oh, less than so half. Good. Yeah. Wow. So less than half, almost 200 less. 199 days less. Wow. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Debbie, we had congrats from a lot of people. Debbie said, just amazing. Well done. And congrats. It's a musical. Danny threw out a thing. I said, congrats to you all. You make some awesome content. And I'm glad to see you get the success. A uh, friend of the podcast. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith said, that was still fourth place, really. And George oh, Chase said, 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 you, said, well you, done, you, you guys rock. So deserved. So, so deserved. I'm glad your popularity is spreading. Well done. Oh, and thanks a lot to everybody who reached out with some sort of kindness. I have put the gauntlet down. If we could hit 50, 50,000 50, by our oh. next birthday. Oh, I oh, know. I will, I, I will use a, I will use a pick to do dirty dancing. Yeah. Yes. I Come on, that. people. We can do this. <laughs> and for the record, it's not a film I want to review. No, it's not. <laughs> so, but if, it's a film I want so to review. If you like hearing, it's a challenge. So, for people who there are people out there who like hearing me rant, if that's the case, start spreading the pod to people because I will rant about that episode. <laughs> he will rant. That it's will not, be a good episode. Like, I think in my head, I like it better than Greece. But there's still oh yeah, yeah. Those horses whoa. Down, whoa. Whoa. let's rein that in. What are you saying? It's a perfect <laughs> film. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> but fifty thousand is the number. Right now, we're predicted to hit it in very early June. But every week that gets closer and closer and closer. So let's see. Uh, let's see if we can't bump that down a bit. I think me and Ellie will have a different view on this movie to you. Okay, we're way. We're like nine months ahead of ourselves. Let's just yeah, rein it back I in here. In our listeners, I believe. I in carried them. a watermelon. I carry a watermelon. <laughs> okay, so why not give us a review if you can? That's about it. Introduction. Why this film this week? It won the poll. Yeah. It won the poll. July 4th, Independence Day. Okay, it was going to win, wasn't I it? I chose the obvious. Well, it's not my fault you guys chose non-obvious ones. Well, I thought everybody would pick. Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. No. Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, but people don't know that. They know Independence it's Day. It's hard hitting Born on it's the 4th of July. It's literally got the 4th yeah, of July in the I title. <laughs> I had like three other ones that would have done okay. And do you know the weird thing? I'm not though, sure I would have beat this, but I would have put up a better fight than yours did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weird thing is though, Tom Cruise's birthday is the third, third of July. Of July. Yeah. Which I put out a thing for the Tom Cruise Real Roundtable yesterday yeah. to tell everybody, hey, don't forget about this. Yeah. So, um, who's seen the film before? I've seen it before. It was a long time favorite in my family's house growing up. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long, long while. Huge. My, my family gave each other films every Christmas. I think I've said this a, a lot of occasions. And a film like this was the perfect film for my stepdad. Oh, okay. He loves a big... Not that he'll ever like it. Like, not he ever say anything besides, I was all right. <laughs> but he, he, was it quite all right? Or? <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. Quite good, maybe. I think, I think all right's a very British thing to say. Oh, okay. But... Um, he goes, actually, he'd go for it. He goes, he goes that wasn't bad. <laughs> so that's as good as you can hope for. <laughs> but no, he, he would like these big sort of blockbustery, like Die Hard of the Vengeance was another winner. This. Oh, okay. So those sorts of, that sort of, The Rock, he would have loved that. So that kind of film was always, I know what to get Armageddon. Bob. For Chris, Armageddon would have been, yeah. would have been all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, such is. And so it was a big one for me. Uh, you, I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinema? Yes, cinema. I didn't see it in the cinema. I wish I had. Oh, oh it was amazing. As, because when you look at the trailers and you see the um, White House getting blown up yep, and all that, you're like, what? The scope of the White House getting blown up. Oh, yeah. The scope of everything. The film's very big. Very big. It's a big film. And so a big screen would have been cool to have seen all these things, all these ships. It's quite and- funny because obviously there's a few jump scares in it. Yep. That um, <laughs> totally floored me when I was watching it. <laughs> I did not see them coming. I'll tell you what, there was a jump scare even watching it at home. On our whatever it would be, thirty-two inch CRT TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. still got me. Yeah, I jumped out my skin. Yeah, there was <laughs> one I forgot. I forget about one. This? I think I forgot about one this time. Yeah, I did because yeah. I thought there was only one. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. We'll say which one it was when we get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was Ellie. Had you heard much about this film? I mean, besides, was there anything? Not really? No, I've never seen it. Um, I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really know what what kind of. I mean, I knew it was some kind of. You know. Almost like well, Epic. I thought it's a bit more apocalyptic than it than it actually is. It's not quite that stage, is it? No. It's kind of pre-apocalypse. And Georgia um, famously <laughs> thought it was a it was a zombie movie. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> no, she I didn't mean that. It's one of the zombies, right? But no, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the film poster before with like the um, the spaceship over whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Is it probably like oh, Empire okay. State Building or something? Empire State. Um, yeah. So I knew it was like, like an alien type. Thing. You know what? I went to the Empire State Building, and I really wish I'd remembered that Independence Day had the spaceship. I might have looked up. Christmas. I was too busy. Up. I was too busy thinking about sleepless in Seattle and going. Just don't let me run into that annoying kid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's I like in Seattle. the kid in sleepless. Oh, I hate the kid in yeah. sleepless in Seattle. Be funny, I like because because I think Tom Hanks is good. And I think Meg Ryan's pretty good too. I just hate the kid. I love oh, Meg Ryan in that like era. Him. It's part of it. It's part of the trilogy she did with Tom. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty good. I still need to watch. Um, you've got mail. Oh, that's the best one. One to go. Yeah, I think it's, it's my. I think it's my favorite of the three. I yeah. think so. I have actually started it. No. Nope. Oh, how do you how do you walk away from it? Do you ever remember? The, I'm busy. <laughs> do you ever remember when a man loves a woman with Andy Garcia? Yes. I don't think I saw it, but I remember of it. Oh, that's hard hitting. She plays drunk. Oh, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Good. Again, let's pivot back. Man, we're getting pivoted off of this one today. Pivot. So here we are. Uh, film, Context Corner. So directed and written by Roland Emmerich, who also did Stargate, mm-hmm. The Patriot, hey. which was one of my backups in case one oh, of you guys chose say, Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, Mel and, Gibson, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's basically him going, let's do American Braveheart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and White House Down. What's that one? Uh, the president, like the uh, oh, terrorist the takeover. No? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Gerard Butler. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. Said no, to no me, oh, is, wait, is that White House Down White or is that, that a, no, that's Olympus has fallen, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think there's, there's something else. There's about three or four of them in there. Yeah, because what was the other one? It was like London has fallen, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that those, those are the ones that are that are Gerard Butler. I don't know who oh, did White House okay. Down, but similar idea. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so as you can see, he's got a certain lean towards you know patriotism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cinematography by Carl Walter Lindenlaub, who also did Rob Roy, Stargate. Well said. 
and the Princess Diaries. Hey. There we go. Hey. Hey. Hey, Lily. Catch that talking to Mickey. <laughs> talking to Mickey. A truly terrible film. Uh, <laughs> music by David Arnold, who, of course, did Stargate. Also did some of the Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan bonds. He did okay. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and did all the Pierce Brosnan ones except for GoldenEye, which, if you remember, I was very harsh about the score for GoldenEye. Were, it was dreadful. That was his first outing, though, wasn't it? Brosnan? Yeah. Yes, the, the, that doesn't affect the music. The music no, was no, terrible. No, no, he no. was good. He, Brosnan was great in it. Pierce Brosnan wrote the music for that one too. I think no, GoldenEye is no. my favorite. No, but he wouldn't have done all the Pierce Brosnan ones, but he wouldn't have gone like first one, then missed a second, would he? he oh, unless you had something else you really wanted to do. Yeah, but yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah. So I guess the first one was so bad, they fired that guy yeah, and, and then brought this guy on for two, three, four, yeah. and then Daniel Craig's first two. Yeah, yeah. I like the music and this is really good. I, I like music. I quite like it. Yeah. It's the one th- theme over and over again. That's all it is. <laughs> but I like it. Uh, Independence Day is 1996. Oh, on this note, uh, it's our 25th anniversary as well, which I didn't even realize. But wow, yeah, okay. it's the 25th anniversary, so we're, we're doing it right, right now. So there we go. Uh, 96 American science fiction action film directed and co-written by Roland Emmerich and focuses on the disparate groups of people who converge in the Nevada desert in the aftermath of a worldwide attack by an extraterrestrial race of unknown origin. With the other people of the world, they launch an all-out counterattack on July 4th independence day in the united states do you think that was just coincidence or do you think that they actually did this because they'd been studying and watching us what on earth are you talking about the aliens the a oh the, the aliens the in, a- the film? in the film yeah i don't think the aliens are aware of it it's july 4th no then why get above certain parts of you know why why uh, in london near big ben and all that why london why not east anglia you know, in Russia. Oh, I think there's a difference between knowing where the world's major centers are as opposed to knowing it's July 4th in an American holiday. I reckon they studied us. <laughs> well, I reckon we should put out as a poll. Well, if, to be fair, if they, if they were attacking the whole world, then July the 4th wouldn't really be that significant. No, that's the thing. Nowhere else in the world cares that it's July the 4th, really. This film should have been called America Rules. <laughs> yeah, it's very... But it's July 4th, so, you know, I do what I was picking getting into this. And all the other countries just follow. Yeah, I got, I got a couple of phrases about that later. So the idea for the film came when Emmerich and Devlin were in Europe promoting their film Stargate. Devlin would be his, like, co-writer. Yeah. Uh, a reporter asked Emmerich why he made a film of content like Stargate if he didn't believe in aliens. Emmerich stated he was still fascinated by the idea of an alien arrival and further explained his response by asking the reporter to imagine what it would be like to wake up one morning and discover 15-mile-wide spaceships hovering over the world's largest cities. He then turned to Devlin and said... I think I have an idea for our next film. Emmerich and Devlin decided to expand upon the idea by incorporating a large-scale attack. Devlin said he was bothered by the fact that, for the most part in alien invasion movies, they come down to Earth and they're hidden in some backfield, which is true. It's like mm-hmm. signs, right? You go hide out in farmer's fields. Yeah, yeah. Or they arrive in little spores and inject themselves yeah. into the back of someone's head. <laughs> Emmerich yeah. agreed by asking Devlin, if arriving from across the galaxy, would you hide in a farm or would you make a big entrance? The two wrote the script during a month-long vacation in Mexico, and just one day after they sent it out for consideration, 20th Century Fox greenlit the screenplay. Wow. Pre-production began just three days later, in February 1995. The U.S. military originally was intended to provide personnel, vehicles, and costumes for the film, 
but they would later back out. And there's a reason for oh. that later. Oh, okay. Now considered a significant turning point in the history of the Hollywood blockbuster, Independence Day was at the forefront of large-scale disaster film and sci-fi resurgence of the mid to late 1990s. It was released worldwide on July 3rd, 1996. Hey. So we go. But began showing on July 2nd, the same day as the story begins, in limited release. It was also screened privately at the White House for President Bill Clinton and his family. Imagine watching yeah. the scene where the White House blows yeah. up while you're in the White House. It's like watching Titanic while you're on a cruise, isn't it? Yeah, but like if the ship was called Titanic, it's like watching someone blow up your house, not a house, your house. So, yeah. That's funny. Uh, Spanish television advertisements for this movie showing the large ships hovering over New York City was mistaken by some Spaniards for real disaster news footage, similar to Orson Welles in War of the Worlds. Oh. So that's basically our introductory point to the film. So we begin and we have these very futuristic Chirons and we're told July 2nd. Very 90s Chirons, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Something, and we get a shot of the moon and the footprints on the moon and something's moving. And these things have been perfectly still because there's no wind on the moon. No, no, no. And they don't show, I like, they don't show you what it is. You just see a shot and you see the the footprints wipe away. So almost like the proof of human existence is being removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's sort of the first step. Ooh, I know. That's deep. And then we get an Mm -hmm. undershot finally of the ship after a long time. And you mentioned this felt very Star Star Wars y because that's what they do. They show the underside of these great Star Destroyers, don't they? Yeah, show you how big and enormous these things are. Yeah. Yeah. So the score for the film, which I really liked, was composed by David Arnold and recorded with an orchestra of 90 and a choir of 46. I don't remember any vocals in this. I don't remember vocals in this. Do you, Ellie? No, but I don't remember the music at all, so. Oh, okay. Well, it was bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sang, you sang that, and I was like, that sounds like Star Wars or something. Like uh, and it. every last ounce of stereotypical Americana he could muster for the occasion. The film's producer, Dean Devlin, commented that you can leave it up to a Brit to write some of the most rousing and patriotic music in the history of American cinema. <laughs> <laughs> now, I get the point he's trying to make. Some of the... Gr- I might I might stop a little bit short of saying it was some of the greatest American music ever written. Nah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> no. It was a catchy little thing. It was, catchy. It, it was great for the end of a speech. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Um, struggling to write the score, David Arnold secluded himself in a Los Angeles hotel room for four months to avoid the escalating hype for the film. But from his window, he saw helicopters carrying banners with taglines to the film as part of a marketing campaign, which <laughs> only served to stress him out even more. Uh. And we got a big cast, and it's a huge, huge cast. Huge. Why? Because, as Dean Devlin said, the greatest special effects in the world are meaningless if you don't care about the people in those special effects. True. 100% right. Yeah, 100%, 100% another, right. Another little Desperate Housewives cameo in this film. Ooh. Okay, I look forward to hearing about that when we get there. Yeah. Uh, we go to SETI, which is the, I don't know, something about extraterrestrial intelligence life center. It's the guy who's playing golf. Listen to the end of the search world as we know it. extraterrestrial <laughs> yeah, intelligence. Oh, is that search for extraterrestrial intelligence? Okay. Yeah. And they're ecstatic on the phone. And, um, and the, the young kid light sees the flashing light yeah. and turns off the, 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 the song and goes, oh, here we go. He phones a guy and the guy who's his boss says, this is an insanely beautiful woman. I'm hanging up. I think this is the shrink from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Gino. He's like, it's something to do specifically with you. I yeah. know him from something. I think it's that. He, he does look familiar. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, the golfer is now in charge of exposition. He goes, so this is really it. <laughs> A signal from another world. Like, you guys all work for SETI. Like, you wouldn't have to vocalize this. I know no, it's I for us. <laughs> he could go, so this is really it. Like, there's, there's no way someone could fake this. But the noise that was 
happening. We got that anyway by the expression on his face. We've seen a spaceship already. Yeah, like, you don't have to spell this out no, for me. No, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> Writing blockbusters are hard. I get that. I do. I'm going to throw this out really early. Script. Better or worse than Terminator 2? Better. I think, so, the, I think the writing's better than this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not, I'll give you this. You also got a higher quality of actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can rescue it. Also, you're going to find out some of the writing's not really writing. This film makes Jeff Goldblum look good. It did make him look good. I would argue that some of the quality of acting is not what you would expect from some of the actors in this film. Let's get, the, okay, let's uh, get there when we get there, okay? Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious in hearing about that. So uh, everybody wants to uh, rule the world by Tears for Fears was originally picked to play at the song uh, at the SETI, but it was replaced by REM's End of the, end of the World. Yeah, you know, which is a better choice. It's faster. It's, and it's the end of the it's world. It's got energy. It's the end of the world. It's supposed to be everybody wants It's not about ruling. No. It's about, because that it's puts it from the, the alien's perspective. It. Put it from the human perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we meet, I forgot we met this guy this early. He, the first real main character we meet is General William Gray, played by Robert Loggia. Uh, director Roland Emmerich was notified one day that Loggia was very upset and refusing to leave his trailer. Several days earlier, producer Dean Devlin accidentally, well, he made a mistake. He wanted to tell Loggia that he should watch the film Airport as inspiration for his character. Okay. He mistakenly said Airplane. Uh, so Loggy is now mad thinking he's watching a spoof movie he's making a spoof movie yeah and he's not and he's like oh it's just all just a send up and he's like I'm a real actor and he yeah, won't yeah. leave his trailer and so they had to go tell him no no it's 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 not a spoof movie I promise you play it straight it's 100% pl- a, a play it straight kind of film and he's in a lot of movies you see him in a lot I don't remember him from a whole lot actually oh, I remember him in a lot of movies but I can't remember what movies they are tell you who I do I did recognize and that's the dad from the Wonder Years who had a bit part in this yes yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just the guy who's just 550 kilometers wide <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's, that's his it. whole part <laughs> um, um, and so they're moving towards the United States and this is where we meet better phone him President Thomas J. Whitmore whose name I don't think they ever used again besides President or Whitmore yeah. I don't think they ever called him Tom no no uh, originally written with a specific someone in mind a someone who would go on to play the president in another feature someone who we've actually talked about kevin spacey kevin spacey really because dean is it dean devlin i think dean devlin went to high school well done ellie went to high school with kevin spacey and wanted that but they went the studio execs felt he wasn't a big he didn't feel like a big enough movie star Okay. It's like, wait two years. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right. in about two years, he four years max, American Beauty, he'll be the biggest, like one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But so Pullman, I, I don't I think. I like Pullman. I don't like Pullman's badness. No. He has to do a lot with some pretty average writing for him. The president's stuff is some of the worst stuff in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, like, I like his screen presence. He's, he's got a president's sort of vibe I, about I, him. I like his presence more than I'd like Kevin Spacey's presence. Well, we, you, to be fair, we've always seen Kevin Spacey as the slimy guy, haven't well, we? Well, no, but if they... And when he plays the president, he's really slimy. That's what I'm talking about. Like, when we see him as Frank Underwood, he's a slime ball. Yeah, yeah. but he, he wouldn't have been in this, though, would he? So... No, he, exactly. So yeah, we don't yeah. know. But I'll say this much. We'll never know. But Pullman, no. Pullman does this very well. He does. He does this very well. Uh, to prepare for the role, he read Bob Woodward's The Commanders and watched the documentary film The War Room in order to get that presidential mindset, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Roland Emmerich admitted that during the movie's premiere at the White House, he gave his seat up uh, next to President Bill Clinton to Bill Pullman, fearing Clinton's reaction to the on-screen destruction of the White House. <laughs> I'd have looked over him and gone, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he phones, the phone rings, he's like, I got a confession to make. 
I'm sleeping besides a young, beautiful brunette. And I'm like, I know the reveal's his daughter. It's a bit sexual, though, the joke. Yeah, not that yeah, he's ever, yeah. not that he sexualized his daughter. He's not sexualized his daughter, but the joke is sexual. It's supposed to make us think as the audience, because we don't know. She knows who he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows who he's talking about. We don't know who he's talking about. Oh, yeah. The camera hasn't it's panned a over. a bit weird. So you're I mean, expecting. A yeah, it's, a, it's, not, it's not huge, but it's, it is a little bit weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. The girl who plays the little the girl in this would later go on to be Anne in Arrested Development, as well as a bunch of other stuff. She would grow up to be like a, like a proper actress. Wow. Yeah. She's good in this. I don't mind the little girl in this. Uh, she's all right. Yeah, she's cute. I usually hate kids in movies, but actually both kids in this movie, the little, totally okay yeah, with. Yeah, totally she's okay with. She's not got a very big role, though, has she? She just has to be cute in a couple of scenes. Yep. But I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't want him to bog it down with that. No. No. Um, we find out Daddy let me watch Letterman. Letterman's one of the late night talk show hosts. So it's <laughs> like he said, uh, Daddy let me watch Graham Norton. Yeah. Because I don't know what time Graham Norton would be on. Letterman's 1130. Wait, well, that'd have been about half 10, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we go to the White House. Oh, sorry, the White House in general. The interiors for the White House were reused. They'd previously been made for former best film ever um, review. Do you remember what film it might be? Air Force One. The White House? We haven't reviewed Air Force One, Liam. Oh. What's the American president? The American president. What was entirely about being on a plane? Yeah. <laughs> that Douglas. film I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> and you had Michael Douglas in it. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to Harrison Ford, get off ask, my plane. I was going to ask you this, right? You've kind of answered my question. But, I mean, did they re- keep reusing this set for yeah. other things later on? Well, I believe the American president's set ends up getting used for the TV show The West Wing, if memory serves, because they're, oh, okay. they're both Aaron Sorkin that seems, things. That seems silly not to, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be a waste, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, if your studio can get the rights to it or something, or if you can rent it or buy it or whatever it yeah, is, yeah, 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 like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, unless you're just like completely corrupt and you're like, yeah, there's a good one, but I want my buddy to have a job. So I'm going <laughs> to hire him to do it. Yeah. We then meet first lady Marilyn Whitmore played by Mary McDonald. Uh, I don't think she's very good in this. She's a weak point for me. Oh, is she the president's wife? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like, what, she, doesn't have, she doesn't have a lot to do. No, she doesn't. But um, the stuff she does have to do. I don't think she's very good at it. No, no. Ellie. Yeah. She's she's okay, I guess. Um, I've just had George's um, George's like little review come okay. in, and she said that um, she she had no idea really what happened with the fir- with the first lady. Face blindness kicked in, and it didn- she didn't realise it was the same person as the trap lady until it was explicitly mentioned. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Nice. Face blindness strikes in the same movie. A yeah. little, little bit of dirt, just completely. Who is this person? <laughs> yeah, I think she's just a bit forgettable, really. Isn't she, she is forgettable. The plot doesn't need her. No. And they wanted to... I'm skipping ahead, but could her death have meant less to the plot? I know, right? Yeah. Um, I would argue maybe it sways a little bit what happens going forward. Well, let's get there and we'll talk about yeah, it then. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like I'd be really up for hearing that, Actually, that perspective. Actually, it makes though. it worse. Forget okay. that. Cause I, oh, because I've got that. I've got, okay, whatever your point is, I've got that down. I know where you're going with this. Because <laughs> I've got that. I've got, I wrote down the same point I think you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, and so um, Mary McDonald, who does play the first lady, though, says she accepted her role immediately after her agent pitched the film by simply saying it's about 15 mile, 15 mile wide spaceships. Oh, okay. Easy pleased. I, I guess she so. Must have been I, desperate, yeah. I'd be like, this is 1996. Like, technology's not really there yet. No. But all right. Uh, we go to the news, and I like how they pr- sort of pre-warn you in this, because every time there's a TV early on, they've all got little moments of static. Yeah. And disruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and we haven't been told explicitly really fully why yet. Like we think we we know, but it's enough that the characters might not sort of pick up on it. But you we just see that. that somebody would have gone over and tampered with the TV. Right now. What's going on here? Maybe tap yeah. on the- well, It's the White House. I can't get a good signal. What's yeah, going on here? Exactly. Uh, we find out from the news that uh, he served in the Gulf flying uh, fighter jets. Like, gee, I wonder if that'll come up later in the film. Mm. <laughs> but exposition by news. I'm always okay with exposition by news. What I don't like, and this film was guilty of it a couple of occasions, you turn on the TV just as they're starting the special report. Yeah. More than halfway through. <laughs> it's like, or just towards the cause, end. Because they got the phone call. you got to see what's on Channel 4. He goes, okay. And it's just a blank screen and the special report. He goes, thank you for joining us. And it's like, no, it'll be like a good couple of minutes in already yeah, yeah, for yeah, that yeah. phone call to take place. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> hey, there we go. Um, so over 70 mock news broadcasts were created for the film. All of them used real life newscasters because the people who made the film believed actors would not look convincing in such scenes. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, then we meet Constance, known for the rest of the film as Connie Spano, played by Margaret Collin. I really like her in this. Which one's her? She's Jeff Goldblum's yeah. ex-wife. Oh, yes. I thought she's great in this. I like her, yeah. Yeah. She's good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, originally, there was supposed to be someone else called Ali Walker, and she became unavailable at the last minute, and there was a rush to find a new actress. Ali Walker, that rings a bell. Yeah. Uh, she joked that she was only 22 to the casting assistant. No way she's 22. Well, no, that was a joke. It oh, was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, you'd probably be easy. Oh, I'm 22. And they went, oh, so basically went, oh, sorry, I'm working for someone older. <laughs> basically, <laughs> and they had to be convinced. No, no, she really is older than that. She's, yeah, she's yeah. age appropriate. Uh, I just looked it up and realized where I recognize her from. And where is that? She's, uh, she's in Gossip Girl. She's in Gossip Girl. Okay. As well as you said, Big and, and Miracle on 34th. The new one. Yeah. And yeah new apparently one. three men and a baby. Oh, who she, oh, I know who she is. Is she? She's oh, because Nancy Travers is. The is she? Is she the, Rebecca? Rebecca, who's Rebecca? I think that's like the main. No, woman that I think one of them is with. Isn't Rebecca Tom Selleck's girlfriend? Oh yes, Rebecca, stay with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you want to hear Three Men and a Baby, you can catch <laughs> our thing on that over at Talk to Mickey. Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, anyway, she was filming scenes less than twenty-four hours after she was cast. Wow, um, she's she's got a good presence. She does, and her job in this mm. is that she's she's very nineties, but like a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's upset that the president's coming off as soft. Uh, and while this is going on, he gets a phone call about aliens and some sort of satellite crashes into a ship. That was a cool shot. The satellite just sort of disappears. Mm. Like, oh, it didn't bother to do an explosion. Yeah, because you lose sight for him. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not going to do it. And he goes, bang. Yeah, you know, that's, oh, okay. that's, good, that's how right. big it is. You lose it in the you shadow. Do. It creates. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was clever. And then we meet. Um, um, when I was watching this movie, my, my personal hero, I think, David Levinson, played by Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's good in this. Some rumors, original choice was Matthew Broderick. Really? I can't imagine anybody else doing this role. No, I mean, you I've need that quirkiness, seen, don't you? Yeah. I've only seen Jeff Goldblum in a couple of things, but I think he's been really good in both of them. I think he's aware. He, I think he makes good choices. I think he knows who he is. Yeah. He's really good at playing like the genius guy. Yep. Yeah, well, that works, doesn't it? You know. A guy a little bit quirky, a little bit odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. good for him. Um, He's got such good swagger. Dean this. Devlin said most of the dialogue <laughs> in which Jeff Goldblum shared with his father, Judd Hirsch, and with Will Smith was improvised. Really? Nice. I, I can pick up some of these. And once I knew that, so I watched it this time knowing that, I was oh, able to I go, mean, oh, I know that's that. Oh, I that's need to that. watch that again. Because it's really good. Will you can Smith, tell he's riffing. Will Smith would improvise a lot. Oh, would he in this? I think he would. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Goldblum's carrying him in some places here. Oh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree. What okay. did I say to you at the end? 
Well, about, he, what, he about what we wanted. Yeah, who he, was, who's he, your eye drawn to? Yeah, who's your eye drawn to? So uh, we also meet Julius Levinson, and they're playing chess, and they had to age him up to play the role. I don't know anything about how old he is, Ellie, but they had to mm-hmm. age him up to play the role. Okay. So we will maybe know. Maybe it's not as big of a jump as maybe we would have thought. But it's just me and you playing the age game. So I'm, I'm bringing you up to my level. Okay. Now you know what I know. Uh, okay. um, we find out that David's been divorced for three years. This was a little bit, yeah. a little bit. It wasn't the worst expositional writing, but it was there. How long has it been? Four years? Three years, Dad. Three years. I'm like, okay. A little exposition. A, a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's lecturing everybody about the environment. He'd be, man, he'd be a rock star today. <laughs> he's like Mr. Save the Planet. Absolutely. You know what these do to the environment? He's riding his bike to work. He's, uh, he was ahead of his time. <laughs> Clearly ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how much of a genius he really is. And we meet his boss, and his boss is Harvey Firestein. Uh, unfortunate name in the current climate. Uh, playing Marty Gilbert. He's also the guy with the deep voice from uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And he annoyed me in this. He annoyed so. me in this. Well, he wasn't around for too much, so. But yeah, isn't he the goodness. guy from. You can tell they're, writing, z- they're writing zingers for him, and it doesn't, it doesn't really work. It was terrible. Was he he's in, in other... Hairspray, and he's in Mulan. And he's in that other. He's in Mulan, that's right. Robin Williams movie. Robin Williams did a whole bunch, which you can catch on our real roundtable on Robin yeah. Williams, the first one we ever did. That birdcage one. I've got all these little promos today. I've never seen it, but is he not in that? I don't think he's in that one, no. no. Which no. one? He's not in the birdcage, no. That voice seems. No. Like, that voice is distinctive. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It always grates on me. Yeah. You need small doses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah very. Um, and then we meet, we're meeting everybody Miguel and Russell Case. And Russell Case is played by Randy Quaid. Yeah, and there's an angry farmer, and Miguel is the oldest son of his family, and then he goes because the farmer's not had his crops dusted the way he was supposed to. <laughs> this would be like crops. This would be like feeding the, the crops, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pesticides, aren't you? Yeah, you. Oh, you're help. putting things on so like things don't eat your plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. And so Miguel goes looking for his father, and we get a shot of of Russell in the plane that couldn't have looked any more fake. <laughs> They shoot him. He's like, Miguel. And it's like from the side view of the plane. It's nothing but pure blue behind him. It's the laziest pickup shot ever. And I don't think he's acting as good in this scene. scene. (laughs) No. Um, And then he drinks. And we're told this is funny by the score. And he gets out of the the plane. He's like, whoa. And the music goes, boom, 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 boom. And we're like, oh, it's funny that he drinks when he flies. Well, they could cause an accident. It's been, it's been 25 <laughs> years. I think we can all agree this is not a good thing. No. This is, and it's definitely not a source of comedy. No, definitely not. No, you could, you, you could have play, played him as a, as a more sympathetic character instead and gone, look at the problems he has. Mm-hmm. But we're told, oh, isn't it funny he drinks? Oh, I can't even keep track of what side of town he's on. Oh. They kind of do it a little bit later as well with um, Jeff Goldblum, don't they? A little bit, but at not least... As, not as much as that, but they do kind of play on the, yeah. the funny side of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll talk about that soon. Yeah. Um, and he's cropped us at the wrong field and responds by having a drink. <laughs> uh, the biplane during the crop dusting scene is the only legitimate shot of a plane that's actually flying. That's cool. All of the planes are computer generated or they're really? models. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I never knew that. Oh, but yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, then we go to the Oval Office and we meet Albert Nimziki, who's the Secretary of the, of Defense or something. Yes, I like him. He's the weasel, and you needed a weasel. <clears throat> you do because you need that. You need that cannon fodder of uh, to, to rub up against, don't you? Yeah, to root for them. Yeah, 
Uh, you also have someone voice all the things you don't want. Because oh, yeah. every other character is like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have to have one guy who's like the bad guy for of the course, American government. Of course, uh, And I teach my students about when you're naming your characters, come up with names that actually mean things. Now, this one's a little bit too on the nose. His name is Albert Nimziki. <laughs> so that's, that's a nerd's name, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Nimziki. Nimziki. And so he's fighting with General Gray, and they're interrupted by some of the same graphics we saw earlier of how big the ships are. And um, we then get cutaways to shots of spaceships coming over Iraq. And then it's a shame she's not here because we saw the USS Georgia. We did. Yeah. Responding to sonar and all that stuff. All that doohickey. All that doohickey. (laughs) Uh, The ships are showing up everywhere, including in Russia. And people are going nuts. Uh, There's a little thing called eagle eye that goes out to look and they get fried but we don't know for sure what happens and no one can get panicky yet but the audience goes oh no that's not good they were they were definitely fired on they were yeah uh general gray wants to move whitmore to a more secure location he refuses and says send everybody else to 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 norad uh he tells connie to tell the people to stay in their homes and general gray wants to remain with whitmore so this scene makes us go oh the president's a good guy Oh, the general's a good guy. Well, they, I don't they, like that Nimziki. No, I know. That sets you up, doesn't it? Yep. Um, obviously, they've served together um, at some point. That's why have he... Have they? Well, he, he wants to stay by his side. And that's like... Well, and I think he, he's like the head military guy yeah, know, for the American he government. He insinuates there's history there. Oh, really? I didn't pick up. Because he, he was an air fighter pilot. He wouldn't necessarily... These are strands of the British military. Uh, the American <laughs> military, but I don't think would necessarily uh, intersect. Oh, okay. I just I, think I, I, he's I, his I, most I trusted advisor. I think that's why he wants to be there. Oh, for me, that just came across as like, they've got history. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and then we go to back at David's job. He's figured out the signal is reducing each time it goes through and says, well, I don't even know why we're bothering about this. It's like six hours and then we'll be gone. Yeah. Um, but he's got no, he's so wrapped up in what he's doing. He don't know. Actually, he's missing the forest of the trees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the ships are headed towards New York, Washington, DC, Hollywood, everybody else. And this is when it kind of dawns on him. Cause um, um, David goes to the roof, figures it out. And um, Marty wants to call his mother. <laughs> that was his kind of, he's a mama's boy. I like how he hides under the desk. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> kind of that kind of sniveling little weasel kind of type. Yeah. Um, Russell, we go to, and I don't know if he's hungover or still drunk. He's in this cafe. And these three guys who I'm calling the exposition bullies show up. And uh, I'm, and one of them tells us all about Russell's previous history, saying that he was kidnapped by aliens. And then he starts going, have they, uh, they ever probed you, like, sexually? And he's like, oh, you haven't heard? And then just tells us everything about it. And I'm like, why is this one guy only know the story? Yeah. Either everybody would know or nobody it's would know. It's such a small community. Everybody would know. Yeah, everybody would know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, so, it was for us. Wasn't but it? as like, yeah, as exactly, it was for us to get the information, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't believable no, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. And then they go to go outside, and of course, the spaceship comes flying over, and everything rattles. It's kind of like the um, Jurassic Park feel, isn't it? A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we meet Jasmine DeBrow, played by Vivica A. Fox, originally supposed to be played by Jada Pinkett. Oh, that'd have been cool. Jada Pinkett, who of course would go on to to marry Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. In all its entanglements. Yeah, a lot of entanglements. (laughs) Uh, She turned down the role of Jasmine DeBrow because of scheduling conflicts with the nutty professor. (laughs) You fool. (laughs) 
Why? Uh, well, if it's a franchise, you might have made some money out of that in the end. But there's well. no. I tell you what, that unless you guys that film ain't getting done on this podcast. There's no way, no, no way. Unless, she's unless someone picks now. it for a wild card. Oh, that's why I said you guys can, but uh, but it's not it's not qualifying. And nor am I going. You know what's the 30 year anniversary of? That's never happening. No. No. Never happening. What about Norbert? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> no. The little boy who plays Dylan. His name is Ross Bagley. Uh, if he was familiar to some of you and yes. the chemistry he had with Will Smith, which seemed pretty good, that's because he plays Will Smith's cousin Nikki in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I knew it. I yeah. knew I'd seen him somewhere else. Yeah, he was the late addition. And you know, when 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 shows get past a certain point and the little cute kids you cast at the start grow up, you got to cast the new baby. Yeah, yeah. But then once the baby, you got to like jump them to age three almost instantly because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, otherwise, babies are just too unpredictable on set. So yeah, I knew I knew him from somewhere. He's and such a character, that little kid. He's he? great. He's uh, he's one of those faces that like just like capture the screen. Is 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 expressionistic a word? Um, Expression expressionistic. Yeah, he's he's very express- expressive. Yeah, very expressive. He's got a very expressive face. I love having an English teacher I as a friend. Very expressive face. <laughs> I really do. Serve me well. I should start charging. <laughs> uh, expressionistic, though, is a word. And this is where we should talk about Captain Stephen Hiller, played by Will Smith. Maybe not the first choice for the role, but we'll really? talk about that a little bit later. See, I would have thought they would have done. See, I found I found combating viewpoints on this one. And the first one is that Devlin and Emmerich had always envisioned an African-American for this role and specifically wanted Smith after seeing his performance in Six Degrees of Separation. I have not seen this. I've not seen that either. Nope. Up until then, Smith was mainly known for doing uh, comedy, most significantly, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Emmerich later mentioned the decision was met with some initial resistance and even racism from studio executives, what? but he stood his ground. Good. The role launched Smith's movie career and practically made him a bankable superstar overnight. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, my it, recollection. It, 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 I watched The Fresh career, Prince every... He'd done some, some supportive roles where he was just playing teenage boy, yeah, very but, Will Smith. But I took him to a different level. Yeah, um, I'm still going to argue he's still fairly Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, many scenes in this film. Oh, yeah. That's why I said, weren't he riffing? <laughs> Most of them. I don't think he's very good in this. I think an action film like this was a good place for Will to start himself. Yeah. yeah. Films like of, this. If it's one of his first things, I can kind of understand it. But it's some, a lot of it is the writing, though, to be fair for him. It's just was it the writing or was it just of- him? <laughs> Don't well, they, maybe they, they then, write. Know, I think they've written for him, and I think they've written for him because I only have one or two. I do have mentions of a couple of ad libs, okay. but it's only a couple. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to, I don't have anything for Goldblum because he riffed everything. Uh, <laughs> so, everything is just very like zingy, and it's not like it is. It's not a comedy. Yeah, and it's, it just feels a bit like everything you're trying feels, too hard. Everything feels like those lines he does in between his like lines of rap in the chorus when someone's singing, and he's like, "Woo, gonna," <laughs> you know, you know, mad quippy line here. <laughs> so um we get told they wake up and they think the rumbling is an earthquake which you might i guess i don't Ooh. live in california julian you live in in california los angeles county get a hold is this the kind of How thing you wake up and go yeah. oh it's not even a four-pointer go back to sleep <laughs> it's not even a four-pointer and the ships are everywhere they're at the hollywood sign they're at the twin towers yes uh central uh, i'm Park. surprised they kept that in i'm glad they did no, they should. They should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we can't. My, my personal bend is I wouldn't want to pretend these places don't exist. No. No. Uh, if there was a movie where the, like, the Twin Towers had been like held under, like if there was like a terrorist film that centered around the Twin Towers, I might not broadcast that film anymore. No, 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 no. That'd, or, be, or, yeah. that'd be about it. 
Yeah. Outside of that, if like you know, if the friends, uh, you know, landscape shots have the twin towers, I'm like, good. They it's should. amazing how much I still recognize the New York skyline through the twin towers and not without the twin towers. Anymore. Oh, really? Oh, you struggle without it? I still struggle without <sighs> the bridge. I need the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something, don't you? Um, and so lots of cutaways, lots of reaction shots. Because I got my notes, the shots of the ships haven't aged well. It feels like it's too different. It feels like it's yeah, a little, it, yeah. It, it feels like it looks. It looks too else. like like glossy or something. I don't yeah, know what it is. It, it just feels like it's something else. Yeah, the depth isn't. But I'll quite. say it makes up for it in the reaction shots of the actors reacting to the things. Yeah, they spent yeah. more time looking at the actors looking up rather than showing you. Which shit, I prefer. Which is better. Yeah, better, because yeah. it connects with people, and that's yeah. at the end of the day. This is the greatest special effects are people. So even really super small, super minor characters, which we'll talk about, got some meaning as a result of this because you saw their demise. It was great. Not to see them die, but it was just well done. <laughs> um, the cop. Okay, let's talk about the cop who stops his car right in the middle of the intersection. Oh, yeah, why would you do that? Um, I, I know you're seeing things like, whoa, like, A, it's been on the news all day. Yeah. It's been on the news all day. You're, you're a policeman. You have a radio at your side. This would not have been news to you that this was occurring no. and yet he causes all this carnage and even the carnage afterwards he's and not he don't care about yeah he's completely oblivious isn't he like yeah. his his police car gets like totaled by a truck going the other way and he yeah. just kind of glances sideways and doesn't even react and it's no. like what yeah no um, i reckon he was a stuntman <laughs> we get the metlife building and people are starting to freak out i'm like were you not watching the news from russia like do you not know this was happening yeah uh, David tweaks to the signal and what it means, but doesn't tell us, which is good. I like that he just goes the signal and just leaves it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Whitmore wants to address the nation. There's going to be a lot of frightened people out there. Connie goes, "Yep, I'm one of them." And then I got a section called Will Smith peace. <laughs> yeah. Dean Devlin says, "I believe that peeing sound in that scene." The audience later in the movie had to quickly run to the bathroom, as we noticed in screening after screening, dozens of people in the audience running to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. Does anybody else think this is weird that the window is not frosted out? If you're standing that's there, a very high br- up. that's a very British thing, actually. No, you're not going to oh, see anything. Yeah, you're not going to see anything. Well, I know you're not going to, but just be standing there peeing and looking out the window. Hi, oh, you're right. <laughs> but it's a really high window. Yeah. Not that high, about waist so, high. Isn't it? No, it was higher than You that. also have to keep in mind that, that, that North American houses are situated further back from the sidewalk than British houses are. Oh, okay. So the idea of someone walking right by your... Fr- no, you've got, a, you've got much more... Like, you've got your average driveways, like 15 feet. But even, but even if they're like um, like houses over here, if they're upstairs, they're still frosted out, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think it's just a cultural thing. Maybe. Yeah. That's because if you stand near the window after you've had a shower, everyone will see your boobies. Oh, my boobies. The neighbors are fleeing. Uh, Dylan was shooting the aliens, of course. Um, it's so hard to call him Will, not to call him Will. I oh, know, it it's is, isn't Steve. It? He doesn't feel like a Steve, he's does not, he? He's not Steve. They should just call him Will. Should call him Will. Yeah. So Will's like, "What are you doing?" And so uh, fire at Will. There's this great bit where the, he gets the paper, and then we have these focus pulls. So Will's in in focus, but the characters behind him aren't. And then as he looks towards them, he goes out of focus, and we I see like what that. he's. And that shows the separation, the difference between his experience currently and their experience. Yeah, yeah, and then good. he turns the other way, and we get the same trick again. So he's completely oblivious, and then he looks up, and we see the spaceship. Now I'm calling a little bit of BS that you wouldn't catch this in your peripheries when you came out to. Mm-hmm. Paper. Oh, I'm going to say that with her when she comes out. <laughs> That's probably even worse. What I agree with what? you. Yeah. How much? How much can you do staring at a floor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 
you want some of this coffee? Hun, babe, you want some of this coffee? And then Dylan goes, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> shooting the aliens. Uh, good luck. Back to David's work. And David says, tell your mother not to stay home. She needs to go somewhere else. And he says, I'll go to your sister's or whatever. And he goes, David, why did I just have my mother to Atlanta? And I'm like, yeah, she's dead. Yep. Atlanta. No, you, you were looking for something a bit smaller than that, I think. Yeah. There's a Fruitopia machine in the back. And I don't think you have Fruitopia here, do you? Boy, what is it? Fruitopia is like. Is it a drink? It is a drink. Okay. It is a uh, sort of like a high, high level kind of drink. It's not like, uh, like it's premium. So it's like the kind of thing you get like a, a, a Coke machine. So what's that that drink you get at McDonald's that's not fizzy? It's Oasis. like a f- Oasis. Oh, Oasis. Yeah. So it's kind of like an Oasis thing, but maybe a little bit more 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 expensive. Oh, okay. And it was owned by the Coca-Cola company. But it was very, like, hippie kind of, like, David would drink Fruitopia rather than, rather than. normal run of the yeah. And now they'd say drink water because it was as full of sugar as pop was. But yeah, everyone was yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's healthy. It's fruit. It's fruit. Fruitopia. <laughs> yeah, but it's a Coca-Cola product. So there was that. So there was a little bit of Coke stuff in this, in this movie. Yeah, a also a little bit of Reebok stuff in this Reebok, movie. Reebok, yeah. Because Will Smith's shoes that the dog's chewing on are Reeboks. And then tell me what happened in the movie before I realized that Dylan's backward cap. Because it's like beige on beige. But you finally realize that it says Reebok on, on the front of it, which, of course, is the back of it because he's wearing it backwards the whole movie. As, as Homer Simpson once said, that's so 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> Reebok being cool felt 1990s. It did, did, yeah, it, did yeah. It, yeah. Um, And so he goes, I mean, what's with the chess metaphors in this movie? It's like they're moving their pieces all over the board. Like they really kept going because we did see David was playing chess with his father at the start. I think it's to, to show how intelligent he is and how intelligent his father is and then to do about the the ships being like chess pieces because he, he explains that later doesn't he yep. so yeah i just think that's the intelligence thing can i just say this we're not talking about him right now but i'm gonna do oh we are kind of goldblum has chemistry with everyone in this film everybody he's, he's got chemistry with his dad yeah he's got chemistry with will smith yeah he's got chemistry with constance mm-hmm. he's even got chemistry with the president yeah even though they're like adversarial yeah yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, but you know there's history there but you them. buy into it yeah absolutely. it doesn't feel like they're just reading lines i don't know so he's yeah a good actor he is, I like but to have that level of just, and maybe part of it is the fact that he's just bouncing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's part of why it feels real because he's engaged on that level. Yeah, he's yeah. not just stand over there and recite that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also forces everybody else to kind of meet him. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Step up. Uh, and so, um, or not, as the case may be. In some and then he says, "Look, in six hours, get away. They're going to go ahead. They're going to fire." And this is where the. Um, Harvey Marty goes. I gotta call my sister. I gotta call my. I gotta call my lawyer. And he goes. Ah, forget my this. lawyer. Forget. If you look, is dubbed. Forget isn't the original word. Oh, the original okay. word was ah. Fuck my lawyer. <laughs> But they got rid of that because they wanted to keep it from getting an R rating. Oh, okay. So they, they switched it to forget my lawyer, which actually I didn't know about this until like two days ago when I did the research. I wouldn't know. I don't think it. I don't I think the joke for what it is. It's yeah, like, yeah. A, okay, it's the lawyer. Yeah, it yeah. lands. It's okay. It does, it's what yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then we go back to the White House. Connie gets a phone call from David and we learn that she's the ex-wife discussed earlier because he goes, he says he's your husband. And we're like, no, it's ex-husband, isn't it? So, most people, I say most, because yep. not everybody does, um, once they split up from their prospective partners, yep. um, you would have not had no contact with you. I would assume not. So, um, it's funny that he should phone her and still know how to reach her. He phones her via the White House. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he has yeah, to go through yeah, someone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she hangs up on him. 
then uh, the president saying, if you feel compelled to leave these cities, please do so in an orderly fashion. And of course, we smash cut to people panicking. That was, that was great. I knew and Dave cycling through New York and things are going nuts. I knew that first time around. We cut to Jasmine in LA. She's angry because Steve has been recalled. I am totally on team Steve on this one. Yeah, me too. I do not understand why Jasmine is angry. Ellie, is there something I'm missing from the female perspective on this one? Um, yeah, I did. I did find it a little bit weird. He was just like, "Calm down, stop panicking." Okay, like, there going. must be well, something on a gender line on this one. Well, no, because at the end of the day, right? <clears throat> so, someone, so he's on holiday, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> you see an alien ship outside. He's part of the yeah. military, so. You'd think all hands on deck, wouldn't you? Would you still be angry with him? Yeah. Knowing that he's now going to work because he was supposed to be on holiday. Um, it's not the fact that he's supposed to be on holiday. It's the fact that it's a scary, dangerous situation. And the, the thing I don't get is his completely blasé attitude to it. So he's just like, oh, shut up, woman. Like, I'm going. <laughs> like, it's, it, there's no compassion for the fact that she's terrified about the fact that there's an alien spaceship outside or like wanting to comfort her or actually like being a good partner. It's just like, yeah, I'm off. But that is his job. That's just yeah. I'm on that yeah. side of it, and I'm I don't have a problem with him going okay. because it's his job. I just have a problem with the way he treats the fact that he's going. It's just like because okay, if I may, I have an issue with the way she treats him in this scene yeah. because she guilts him for doing what he. I don't think he wants to go necessarily. No, yeah. I think he feels he has to go and owes it to it, his country. He owes it to the people who he fights with. Yeah. Uh, but yet quite she, high up in, she attacks him and guilts him about the fact that he has to leave when they were supposed to have the weekend off together. And she and she butters on about the the weekend off, and you know this is like our time. You know, I thought you had the weekend off. Well, they cancelled. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to go. No, not in that. Bo- you're going. Oh boy, I'm so glad the aliens showed up. I was looking to bail. Yeah. And so I think he's doing it from that maybe that male perspective where he doesn't want to go, but he's doing what he feels he has to yeah, do. Which is right to do, yeah. So maybe this is a men are like Mars, women are from like Venus moment, but maybe they're both channeling their fear in the ways that seem most intuitive to them. And unfortunately, this is one thing where it doesn't sync up. I like that shortly after this, they do kind of meet halfway. Well, the film needs them to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I didn't feel like that needed that. Because I'm 100% honest, when he's going, what's, what don't, what, you know, why are you upset or what don't you get? I, I literally said it on TV, yeah, me either. I don't I get it. I understand if she'd have said, look, I'm really worried, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified for you to go. I'd understand that. But to be angry with him? Yeah. And keep going on about the day off? You, you need to tell, she, she goes, you need to tell them yeah. that you're on break or something yeah, like that. You're, you're it's a- like aliens have just shown and up. And you can clearly see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted the female perspective on this one. It could just be a thing. Yeah, yep. I mean, I'm not defending her. I just okay. think his reaction is weird. All right. Oh, okay. It just, it's not very protective. I'd say, I hear you. Not on an individual level, but on the fact that he's going, by protecting the country, he protects her. Yes, he, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that rationally makes sense. Just his, like, you know, words in the moment are not very compassionate. I think he would have been if she hadn't been so confrontational. Maybe, yeah. I, think I was the, much uh, more focused on his reaction, to be fair, than what she was actually saying. Yeah. Um, see, this is the kind of scene where I think, like, Goldblum and, 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 and the woman who played his partner, whose name escapes me right now, I think they would have... This could be a sense of, you know, how is Emmerich as, like, an actor of... Sorry, as a director of actors doing dialogue? Yeah. Maybe this isn't his strong point. Maybe there's a reason why he does a lot of special effects. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, at the... Oh, I'm here. She goes... Uh, he invites her to the base. 
Uh, he needs to let all the other girlfriends leave, which once you find out about Will Smith's marriage, you're like, geez. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> maybe, that, all, maybe that one's a little bit close to the... <laughs> just just <laughs> a little bit in real life. But in this, it was it was just joke. Yeah, she, yeah she, he's just being cute. He's yeah, trying to yeah, act yeah, like yeah. he's... And she goes, you are not as charming as you think you are, sir. I think he is. Yeah, he, <laughs> he knows he is. Uh, David visits his dad, and his dad's got like the Second Amendment in his hands because oh, yeah. he's like what big the? old gun. We says the looting started. Oh yes, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're driving somewhere. Um, well, he's driving somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I need you to drive because David doesn't have a license. Of course, no, he doesn't because he rides a bike. <sighs> Eco warrior. Whitmore phones his wife. She's trying to protect his name, and he wants her out of Los Angeles. She promises just a few more things, and then I'll go. Um, David's dad back in the car. He doesn't believe in him. David's dad thinks he's a cable re- repairman. He's yeah. clearly not a cable repairman. Yeah, he clearly works for the government. Eight years at MIT. Yeah, the guy's like a ridiculous super genius. Yep, and you can tell he works at some sort of institution that they can't. Like he's working with satellite signals from space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even have access to that stuff. Yeah, but it's one of those jobs he can't tell his dad. Nope. I, apparently, he can't tell his wife because she yells at him for not having ambition. <laughs> she says later on, apparently, he does have ambition. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, he goes, "What? What are you going to know that they don't know?" The dad says, "If they want HBO, then they phone you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, got, I love their little band. I've got here Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch have a great rapport. <clears throat> they do. They are so, so good, and I think it's because they are bouncing off each other. Yeah. 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 He goes, what's the rush? This is the dad. You think that we'll get there and Washington won't be there? And there's just a beat. Yeah. And he's like, he kind of goes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We go to the news report. Miguel sees his dad and he's like, we got to stop him. (laughs) Aliens. This is like, it's like if we, it's like they filmed like three or four scenes all trying to explain the exposition of what happened in his backstory. And they went, put them all in. Yeah. yeah, He's like, we got to stop him. He's going to take it away. Aliens kidnapped me 10 years ago and they did tests on me. And now they're coming back to get us. I didn't really like, I didn't really write Randy Quaid. I think Randy Quaid is like Randy Quaid in, um, in Christmas vacation, Vacation. but you gave him like a bigger part. Yeah. Vacation movies. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, he's, he's, got nice, he's got a nice. He's got a nice. You know what? I totally gapped that. Yeah, the days of thunder. Yeah, Randy Quaid. totally different. Totally different. Um, it's a little too kind of what Ellie was talking about, where he's Will Smith feels very, very quippy and zingy. This felt more like you know everything was really over the top, way especially the top. when he redeems himself. Yeah, way over the top. Uh, tenning all over the place. Now yeah. I don't want no. Last time that happened, Liam, you gave it a 10. So I'm just, I'm just saying, just because just he's tending doesn't mean you have to. Um, <laughs> was, that, was that Will Smith in the room here? What happened there? <laughs> um, we, uh, the bu- <laughs> they, they cut to the bully from the... From the uh, <laughs> oh, this- go, what kind of guy? He's a quiet guy. Yeah, real quiet. And then all of a sudden, they get like, the one guy alone. Like, they said he did sexual stuff to him. Oh, that drove me nuts. Oh. Why? I mean, this is supposed to get Miguel wanting to finally go, okay, enough's enough. And he's going to desert his father. Yeah. He's going to leave him there. And then he, Russell gets dropped off and right in the middle of this. And he tells some random guy in the truck, you got to get as far away from here as possible. And he sees Miguel. He goes, Miguel, we got to get as far away from here. I like this. The repeating. Because yeah, when you're yeah. drunk, you would do stuff like that, yeah, I think. Right. You just repeat that same line over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, they let you go. They got bigger fish to fry. Not probably wrong. Um, and so meanwhile... Uh, Miguel had just previously gotten his sister out of a car and it was this guy who's going, 
this could be our last night on earth. Yeah. You don't want to die a virgin, do you? <laughs> and Liam, you picked up on this, and I kind of poo-pooed on it, but you were we right. You did, yeah. Who is it? I thought it was the guy from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, it is the posh boy from 10 Things I Hate About You, the model who gets punched in the face. Yeah. Hi. That is him. His, I didn't. So his role in this was older boy. Older boy. Older boy. And I I remember thinking, God, he looks young in this. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a couple of years before he does um, 10 Things. things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember anything else, though. No, then we go on the base. We're being told by a news report, Los Angelinos, please don't fire your guns at the spaceships. <laughs> to be fair, you kind of probably would, wouldn't you? I don't know. I know, I know, but it's fear, isn't it? You, hang on, people are very unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I work in a supermarket, and I'll tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> there are some people that are very strange. And then we meet, back on the base, Jimmy Wilder, and Liam turned to me, Ellie, and said, don't you think he looks like Harry Connick Jr.? I went, yep. <laughs> no, he said, seriously, don't you think he does? I went, yeah, yeah I do. Because it's Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> I was dumbfounded by this. Harry Connick Jr. is a singer-songwriter like a slash actor. Singer-songwriter. He's probably Buble before Buble was Buble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was, he was the Buble of the mid to late 90s. Have you seen When Harry Met Sally? Is no, he in that? No, I, no, he does a song. For oh, it had to be you. Uh, have you? Uh, he was in later seasons of Will and Grace. Yeah, I, I think he's great. I love him as a Harry Connick Jr.'s got a charm about him. He's, he so has. Yeah, but he is Buble before Buble, and he managed to cross over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. I thought he's got, and I forgot he was in this. I didn't even remember he was in this. Not the original choice. Okay. The original choice. I guess I'm glad. I, I think Connick Jr. nails this. I think I so do. Too. But I'd really like to see the opposite. Because someone was offered the role of Captain Jimmy Raven Wilder, but pulled out at the last minute. And his father is even in the movie as well. Oh. Uh, Mid-90s, about as big as you can get. He'll be there. Let's just say it this way. Could he be any more of a fighter pilot? Uh, swimmer? No. Oh. Not swimmer. Swimmer didn't Matthew say could. Perry. Matthew oh, Perry. Perry. Really? Chandler Bing. Oh, okay. Just for the part of my brain that would love to see like a mashup with a fresh prince hung out with the guys from Friends. Uh, oh, that would have been okay. cool. But I, I'm more Harry Connick. I think Harry Connick nails this. He does. I do. I do. I'm, I'm, It'd be a different kind of humor. It'd be a different kind of humor. It would be more sarcastic, more one. It's hard because they both do one-liners. Yeah, exactly, Smith yeah. and Perry. But you could have played maybe that divide a bit more of Perry as the awkward white guy and Smith yeah, as, yeah. as the really cool black guy, right? And played that kind of vibe. Because Con- I, I, got, I got a question about it. it was one of the jokes Connor Jr. makes later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. But cool. yeah, but um, um, Matthew Perry's father, John Bennett Perry, plays a Secret Service agent in the movie. And Perry was asked about it later and says, yeah, but that movie was such a failure. Turning it down didn't really bother me. <laughs> to be fair. He I, down Alex from Mainstream on- Finance. That was sarcasm on Matthew no, Perry. He's, he's Canadian <laughs> like myself. We're just being sarcastic. Sarcastic, yeah. yeah. Dry humor. Dry humor. Um, but he'd have had about two years on Friends by now? 96. Yeah, he'd have been about two years deep into so, Friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So he wouldn't have bothered too much, really, I don't think. This would have been huge for him to have on his resume. Oh, yeah, big time. Because he obviously I mean, tried to make it. He was one of the first ones they gave stuff to. They didn't give stuff to Swimmer, really. They didn't give stuff to LeBlanc. They gave it to Perry. Well, later on, he'd go the whole nine yards, wouldn't he? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> It's an okay move. It's an okay move. Yeah, I know. Uh, then we get the letter from NASA, and we find out that, um, you know, Will Smith wants to be an uh, astronaut. I, I thought it was a nice little touch. 
And they get told, look, they'll never, you know, it's, he gets turned down. And uh, Harry Connick Jr. goes, you need to start kissing some serious booty. And he like, gets like right down and is like, like, like framing his hands around Elizabeth's backside. Yeah, yeah. And I have a hard time seeing Perry, imagining Perry doing this. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, and then he finds this, something that falls out of the locker and he goes, this is a wedding ring. And he opens it and he holds it and he's like kneeling on one knee. And there's this great reveal. This guy comes around the corner and just sees Harry Connick <laughs> holding the ring up and Will Smith. And he just goes, hey, hey. And that's kind of a joke about, like, it was like, I believe this is the era of don't ask don't tell oh okay so you weren't allowed to be gay in the military but the the thing was we won't ask you and then you don't have to tell us oh okay but they still wouldn't say it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. they would just say and that's only till we very won't recent, ask isn't it that's only till like <sighs> the last five years maybe I, I i don't know enough about this to give a proper response I, I, on I that i think that's very recent okay yeah. I'm trying to think when we had the, 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 the gentleman from uh, After Rated 2 on, because we did talk about this a little yes, bit we did, yes. with uh, the one guy's name escapes me, unfortunately, right now. But he was the one who was in the military and had to leave his post. He did. Finally really. went, I, I can't continue to do what I do yeah. and be gay. So, um, yeah. That's such a shame. It is. It's just, but it was, it was a funny joke. It point. was. <laughs> uh, and they'll say, but he says to uh, Will, he goes, they'll never let you fly a space shuttle if you marry a stripper. And then we go to the strip club yeah. where she's performing. Like, she's trying her hard out for like the two people who are in the room and they're not watching her, they're watching the news and i just got my notes who's watching dylan yeah <laughs> everybody's fleeing the city he's watching himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's still shooting the aliens yeah, but, <laughs> um and her friend is gonna go cheer on aliens at a gathering and i loved the creation of this little fr- a character i didn't really care much about in jasmine if i'm being honest no me either. um because we all knew she was gonna go anyway yeah, I mean, Jasmine's the Will Smith's partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wasn't that invested in her as, as a character. Oh, no, no, no. But, I, but, so, but you get her, and you get her friend. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't care. But they actually made me care. She was like the one face. There's two big faces who die in the attack, right? Yeah. Um, and my favorite. Yeah. Um, and so she tries to talk her friend out of joining this, this gathering of greeting the she made a sign up like welcome yeah glad and that you're here friend is the one from desperate housewives who is she we look she looks um, familiar she, i can't remember her name i'll have to look it up again um she plays a lady called nora in desperate housewives um who is basically just like this psycho lady that um gets a bit involved in one of the main characters lives okay. shall we say she's got eyes for it mm. she's got crazy eyes yeah she yeah. does oh yeah she's very quirky looking isn't she yeah uh, but very 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you also knew that you weren't going to take any notice. We go back to the car with David and his dad. He triangulates the signal in the White House. His dad goes, you can do that? He goes, yeah, dad. All cable repairmen can do that. <laughs> Which is the clear sign. He's not a cable yeah, exactly. repairman. And he's trying to tell him. Yeah. Um, Her name's Kirsten Warren. Okay. Um, and she, he phones Constance and says, hey, you know, go ahead. Where are you right now? Look out the window. And look at the window. And he's waving. She goes, hey. Now, let's put aside the fact that he was able in the middle of an international panic to literally just drive his car right up to the front gate uh, of the, 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 the White House. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. <laughs> I know everybody's leaving, but there's still news. You know he's what I mean? Got a movie. Uh, Operation Welcome Wagon. Uh, Julius is excited to be back at the White House, uh, to be at the White House, sorry. Uh, but he wanted to wear a tie. We get the backstory about what's going on with David and Connie and Thomas Whitmore. That's that David punched Whitmore. Yeah. Because he thought they were cheating. 
Uh, Whitmore doesn't want to talk to David, which makes sense if someone yeah, punched yeah, yeah, me and I wasn't doing anything wrong. And he's the president now, so yeah. you know. Uh, he wasn't the president when he punched him. No, apparently. I know, but he's the president The dad's now. reaction to the story is great. Yeah, it's funny. Um, we get line of sight signals. He tries to explain the line of sight, right? And he goes, look, you can't go here, here. If you're using our satellites to bank messages beyond, da, 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 da. And there's a 28-minute countdown, which, you know, it's convenient to have. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need? I need, I need, a, I need, a, I need a, Make it look dramatic. Give, a, us, give us a countdown. It's called a watch. I mean, pretty much <laughs> any program can do this. Uh, the main helicopter used during the welcome wagon operation was a Sikorsky S64 Sky Crane. Uh, producer Dean Devlin said that when they first test flew the helicopter with the lights on, over 150 calls were received in Orange County from callers who thought it was, it was a UFO. Hmm. Uh, the welcome wagon is blown up and everybody gets into Air Force One. Did anybody else look at that? That helicopter with the lights and everything. Did that look intimidating to you? It's not supposed to be. Sorry? It's not supposed to be. I said, did it look intimidating? Oh, I'm going to say no. Oh, really? Oh, okay, my bad. My bad. Okay. It looked like that was all set, ready to go and sort of... I guess if you don't know it's supposed to be a friendly... Because the thing is, they've explained. We've tried 30 different languages. They're not responding. Yeah. So we're trying something different. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably blow it up too. (laughs) yeah um the counter's down to just over nine minutes in fact liam when they opened the laptop you noticed it said 911 911 yeah not 911 which i imagine they're doing 911 like call 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 for emergency 911 completely oblivious oblivious like you you wouldn't have no reason to think but a really ominous we had the twin towers earlier now we got we we have a 911 reference sort of in in the it's, it's bizarre it is Especially uh, says five years earlier. Everybody panics. Who let the people on the roof of the building in LA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, you need to know someone. You can't just go somewhere. Someone's going to let you in. Well, maybe the, they start fleeing and just left it abandoned. Maybe. Uh, we see the first lady get in the helicopter and the ship opens up. And this is where our friend, Kristen Ward or whatever, says, it's so pretty. And she's bathed in this blue light. Mm-hmm. To be fair, if you're looking up at that, you, you think... Yeah, you're programmed as us now saying about aliens. Yep. We think, oh, they're going to beam us up. Yep. So you can understand the beam, but, you know, you're not expecting it to go bang, are you? Nope. <laughs> uh, quick side note. Let's talk about David's laptop for a minute. Yeah, Fox's on. licensing and merchandising division entered into co-promotional detail- deals with Apple. The co-marketing kit project was dubbed the Power to Save the World, in which the company used footage of David using his PowerBook laptop in their print and television advertisements. They also entered promotional detail deals with Moore's, sorry, Molson Coors Brewing Company and Coca-Cola. I did see IBM a few times. That wouldn't be Apple. It's weird because we saw something else with Apple. I forget what it was, and we were like, I don't really see any Apple stuff in there. No, I didn't. Really see. I, saw, all I, saw, IBM, I saw IBM. I didn't see Apple. Well, they let them use footage of at least him on his laptop, I guess, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. And then everything gets blown up. The Empire State Building, the White House, Marty dies. Marty's one of the ones who dies. So two minor characters die. One is Marty. One is Stripper Girl. I knew, I knew that he was going to die because I like him. Is that right? Yeah. If, if I like a character, they always end up There's dying. a shot of a fire truck that oh, goes through the yes. air. That is just a toy they picked up at a toy shop that day. <laughs> really? Yeah. It looks pretty good. Do you know what? I was, look, I was looking for it this time and went, nope, it looks pretty good. I'll be honest. It looks better than Terminator 2. What, as far as the... What uh, do you think, like, you know, what, four years later? Five years later? Uh, six, five years later. Five, five years later. later. You know, I yep. mean, that looked better. Yep. I, and I, I believed it more than I did in Terminator, where they always look like models in Terminator 2. 
uh, and we find out that Air Force One flies out of the way, just out of the reach of the flames. The flames get the back wing. Like, it would be melting things. Yeah, you still feel the heat inside the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the White House, which exploded, was one-twelfth the size of the actual White House, which is still pretty big. Yeah. Just to be blown up. Although it was also used in one other shot when David and Jules stopped the car in front of the White House. Uh, nine cameras filmed the explosions at various speeds, one of which was 12 times faster than normal, and then played back at normal speed to make the explosion seem larger and slower on film. Uh, the scene appeared most prominently in teaser trailers and TV spots, and is widely regarded as the film's most iconic shot. The White House blowing up, probably. It- Why did we see two shots of the Empire State being blown up? What do you mean? You think it blew up twice? Yeah, it blew up no, twice. No, it, it didn't blow up twice. You saw the Empire State Building blow up, and you saw the building that Stripper Girl was on. That wasn't the Empire State. She's in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's in some building I in LA. I don't think we needed to see two buildings being blown up. <gasps> pro- it, 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 it's a major American landmark. It was the New York one that got blown up. I mean, you could have done Statue of Liberty, I guess, instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, the, the VHS copy we had at home... It just said Independence Day on the top, and then it was the White House getting blown up. That was the that was well, the, yeah, the cover, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, it had to happen in one take. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> the crew built a giant miniature and placed minor explosives around it. Later, the special effects team added fire and debris. But detonation took a week to plan and required forty explosive charges. Because you get that wrong, you got to build the whole thing again. Yeah. Yeah. You'd feel sick on it. And I got a fact for Georgia. It's a shame she's not here. Oh. This film holds the record for the most miniature model work ever to appear in one film. That's cool. Model shop supervisor Michael Joyce estimated more miniatures were used for this film than any other two films combined. Wow. So the second and third place when combined don't measure up to this. Due to the advances in digital technology since this film's release, most experts believe this record will stand forever because we just do it digitally oh, now, yeah, wouldn't true. we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Wow. That's where George would be sitting there and go. Independent film by itself. <laughs> it was Independent Day. Independent Day. Yeah. Uh, she would go, I love practical effects. <laughs> uh, in the tunnel, there's a great shot of Dylan being blissfully aware. Like everything's blowing up around him. He's just kind of looking around like, what? And in the back window, we can see everything blowing up. Uh, Jasmine happens to find a maintenance room and through the power of her shoulder carrying her child is able to break through this lock. Yeah. And I didn't a uh, uh, nice little thing with a dog, but. I'd like to have seen the dog there earlier. <laughs> they did you play with you. Because I, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Ellie. George, Georgia said she thought she was going to have to throw hands with Ian when mum was escaping with the child and the dog, but luckily the dog made it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that would be, could you imagine Georgia's reaction to that? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently crowds in various screenings even screamed at the scene where Boomer narrowly avoids death with a well-timed jump. Um Screenwriter and producer Dean Devlin said, because we didn't get to meet the aliens or learn much about them, we wanted what they did to be so terrifying and devastating we would root for our heroes to defeat them. But no matter how many people were about to be killed or how many buildings were blown up, it never had the impact of this one simple dog running away from the fire. <laughs> oh, no. People were more concerned about this dog than the millions of people in the cities. That says a lot about us as a culture. <laughs> Dean Devlin, you are far too cynical. Let me tell you why a dog, because a dog is a symbol of everything that's good and innocent and wonderful in the world. Yeah. Yes. Dogs love you unconditionally. All a dog wants from you is they want your attention. Your attention. They want your companionship. That's all a dog wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs are simple. Dogs are wonderful, and especially like a golden Labrador, oh, right? No, like that, right. that most per- or golden Retriever, whichever one this yeah, was. Yeah. It's just the perfect choice of dog. He's just so happy all the time, and that is something I mean, we can all root towards. You know. <laughs> 
uh, you don't have to deal with racism. You don't have to deal with any sort of every, dogs are almost universally loved, at least by Western film audiences. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. symbol of goodness. Yes. So even more innocent than a child is a dog. Yeah. Because they're also capable. He can jump at the last moment. Because oh. you never, you wouldn't be like <laughs> three year old. <laughs> come, come on, Dylan. Come on, Dylan. Dylan jumps at the last moment and makes it. It's a different film. Uh, and then we get told it's july 3rd and uh i don't know cloverfield gets the idea for their promotional material because the statue of liberty is on the ground and looks a lot bigger than it is in real life yeah i've not seen in real life so it's 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 disappointingly small oh yeah Uh, russell hears about the destruction of the cities on the radio and has his moment of redemption Mentally, at least, he goes. I've been saying it. Yeah. I've been saying it for ten years. How would I been saying? Someone just needs to go. Yes, you said it. <laughs> just stop him. Um, Whitmore regrets not evacuating earlier. I said a lot of people died today. How many didn't have to? I've got all of them didn't have to die today, Mister yeah, President. Yeah. Nobody had to die. It just seems like a strange question. Uh, he finds out the helicopter of his wife didn't make it to Dallas, so it doesn't make it to. I guess Dallas airports in Dallas, I think. I think. Uh, in the tunnel, they're covered in soot. Because remember the tunnel when they went into it? Yeah. It was full of cars, and it's like, yeah, there yeah. was like h- hundreds of feet in each direction they had to get. get yep. They wake up the next day and outside of being a little bit dirty. They're fine, but there's nothing in the tunnel anymore. No tunnel. <laughs> the brick has been taken. It's literally like 15 feet and you're out of it. And yeah. outside of a couple of random cars on fire, it's just a barren wasteland. It it's no longer LA. It's no. just like Mad Max Fury Road. Like Eddie said, it's a bit apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. And of course, she's able to um, find. Is this where she finds the van? Yeah. She's walking with him. And- it's a little bit later she finds the van, but we can talk yeah, about yeah, it now, yeah. yeah. She finds a van because we need her to have a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's keys there. I've never left my keys above the visor. Me either. Yeah, it's such a movie trope. It is, isn't I've it? I've never done that. Um, so then we have um, the counterattack, and the Black Knights are going to take on the aliens. And uh, they're sitting there, and they're about to talk, and Harry Connick Jr. is being really like, immature. I don't understand this at all. No. He's like, hey, hold me. And I'm like, what is... Like, half the world blew up last night, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, pay attention. And so they ask um, Stephen Hiller, Will Smith, if there's uh, something he wants to share. He goes, no, I'm fine. Just a little eager to get up there and whip E.T.'s ass. That's all. Again, that's a bit, you know... Too blase. Yeah. Ethan Hawke was offered a role in this film. Oh, Okay. The line about E.T., when he read it, he was, uh, I guess, being dri- he was being driven somewhere. Yeah. I hope he wasn't reading it while driving, but he was definitely in a car because he threw his script onto the West Texas Highway when he got to that line. <laughs> this line works if Will Smith says it with enough, with, 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 with enough kind of punch to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, so I'm wondering, is the, so what could he be offered? Is there a chance he's offered Stephen Hillier? Or is he... Ethan Hawke's a pretty big name. Are you only offering him the Harry Connick Jr. part? No, you can't have been. I don't think so. though. No, not at that point. Ethan Hawke, I don't don't see him as being... I mean, I've seen him a lot of things. Quippy, funny guys never really been the thing I think of him as. No, I I don't. I I really rate Ethan Hawke as an actor. Yeah, I do. I see him as more serious actor. He's just more of a straight actor, that's all. yeah. Yeah. It's not like you see Dead Poets Society, you go, that's a funny... It is funny, but Robin Williams is but the Robin, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's not the kids. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. 
Um, and so we get, let's kick the tires and light the fires. <laughs> yeah, boy. And we don't light the cigars till the fat lady sings. That's good. I love that. And then Harry Connick, they all get in the planes and they, he mimics a Southern preacher. Yes. Does he mimic a black Southern preacher? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think you do this today. No. I don't. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, it... Because it bonds them. They're like, amen, reverend, amen. Yeah, and it's this is, idea. Is a thing that he does? Must be. Must you know, be something he does. All, they're all in on it. They're all in on it. They let him do it, and they're all like... It's a bonding thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's the funny guy, which is... I can see Matt Perry kind of... He's the jokey one, mm-hmm. right? Um, A different kind of joke than Matt Perry would have been, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so they fi- they all say fire at will, and you laugh because <laughs> yeah. his, name, his name is Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fire at will. Oh, yeah, brilliant. and there's shields, and then there's aliens, and then the aliens have shields, and Will Smith says, "Oh no, you did not shoot that green shit at me." <laughs> yeah, was that ad lib? Because that sounds like Will Smith to me. I think that's someone writing for Will Smith. Oh, okay. I do. I really do. It sounded very Will Smith. Either uh, way, it was terrible. Yeah, it was. Oh, I like this. It made me laugh, but it was. it's not really... The problem with this is you have to forgive... Not forgive. The movie wants you to forgive the fact that Will Smith should probably be thinking about millions of people potentially dying, and instead it turns into like he's playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like the stakes, yeah. Like the stakes are so low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... And so it's not going well, and the president starts screaming, get him out of there. Uh, I love the banter between Jimmy and Steve, Harry Connick Jr. You know, let's go, let's go, all right, all right. And they're kind of like bouncing off each other, even over, like, there's a nice camaraderie between the two of them. Nice. Uh, And then I've just finished writing that, and I went, oh, and now Jimmy's dead. (sighs) Yeah. Most powerful death that happens in the, most powerful death that happens in the movie. I'll stand by that. Yeah. This is more powerful. Do you say agree? disagree oh really okay uh i was devastated i think it's the most powerful maybe it's a gender thing i was like <sighs> i think georgia agrees with me so okay yeah. there we go <laughs> uh the aliens take out the army base and uh i don't know will's got well, there's only one chase and it's a great flight sequence through what looks like the grand canyon oh it's brilliant you know it's very de- very again star wars isn't it yeah <laughs> Very much so. Now this is pod racing. You know what I mean. But I feel like this is a good point for me to throw in my little hot take for Dan. I think this film's better than Star Wars. <laughs> Ooh. There we go. There's a little bit of a uh, fuel. He's about to lose fuel, so he hits his his um, parachute to blind the alien. Clever. Uses his ejector seat, and then his own plane becomes a a missile in a sense. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a bomb. It explodes. And it caused the alien ship to crash land. Again. C- crash land's a bit extreme to say. It's kind of funny. Vin. They never go back for this alien ship. It would have, no. might have been a good choice. Yeah. Rather than the relic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we get that there. Um and then he's, I, I think portions of this might be ad-libbed. It has to be. Because he's got the, the, the um, parachute on. And he's like, it's like, hold me back kind of that. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah. just wait, just yeah. wait. And he's like, ship all banged up. And it's yeah. just like, you know, he's all acting big. It felt very Wilson. Just like, just, just act really upset in that bravado-y kind of way. Um, I've got my notes. He's, he's still just Will from the Fresh Prince here. He is. He is. And I call bullshit on this next bit as well. The bit where he opens up the cockpit, like, A, he knows how to open it. 
Yeah, and B, yeah. if you saw tentacles coming out of there without seeing the whole thing, and oh, I, I'd, have forward, like, I'd be running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but he just, he just punches him once. And yeah. goes, Welcome to Earth, and he's really confident the one punch does it because then he sits down, grabs his cigar, yeah, yeah, and goes, yeah. ah, that's what I call a close encounter. And I'm like, I'd be like the tentacle just grabs him. <laughs> Do you remember in, in, in Men in Black when he's like delivering the baby, and yeah. like in the distance you can see the tentacle like throwing him around? That's, that's what this film needed here. That did, was yeah. this. He needed to take down a peg or two. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we go back to Jasmine, Dylan, and Boomer. Oh, this is where she finds the truck. We've noticed that. Air Force One, David is sick, and Julius isn't sympathetic. It can go backward and forward, or side <laughs> to side, up and down. I loved this. It was funny. I think they're riffing. I do. I think the notion is he has to be sick and get out of the room. That's the only thing they know. Yeah, yeah. And they're just playing off each other. Because, oh, even Air Force One, you get And this. oh, it's... There's a warmth, and a de- but at the same time, a detachment f- for me. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, a, it's a father and a son, isn't it? It is. That's yeah. Um, Julius is trying to help them out because Connie comes and sits down beside him and goes, there's still love there, I think. And she goes, love was never the problem. And he goes, all you need is love. John Lennon, smart man, shot in the back. Very sad. <laughs> yeah. Like somehow she wouldn't have heard of John Lennon. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, we find out NORAD's been taken out, and David happens to walk. So that means the rest of the American government's gone. Yeah, completely. So David, uh, not David, Thomas can't die. Thomas Whitmore needs to survive because there's no one else. makes no sense later on. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, David walks by discussion on nuclear plans. And to be fair, David's a bit... It's, it's not his lane, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he's going, no, it can't be... He's belligerent. It can't be a lot. And, of course, he's this environmental hippie. We've established that. Yeah. And talking about nuclear stuff, so that would be the exact opposite of what he would want. But and at which point, then, even uh, the old guy, the major, starts to go, may I remind you, you're a guest here? And then, thankfully, we get, you know, Leonard Nimzicki go, shut up. And, of course, then he can go, this is Dad, go, shut up, shut up. You'd all be dead now if it wasn't for my David. Yeah, yeah. And, like, everyone's going, yeah, Nimziki sucks. Like everybody else was telling him what to be. He had to have him yell at someone. You did, you did. And so, you know, and there was nothing we could do. And he's like, you knew, you knew all along. Area 51, Area 51. <laughs> and Whitmore says, well, there's never been any proof. Contrary to what you read in the, in the tabloids, it doesn't, like it story, doesn't right? exist. And Nimziki just goes, excuse me, sir, that's not entirely <laughs> accurate. And Goldblum goes, which part? <laughs> yeah. And we go to oh, Area 51. <laughs> this is why the U.S. military backs out. Oh, they okay. did not Makes want sense. Area 51 references. You can't do this movie without the Area 51. You can't, can you? No. Because otherwise, you just make this place up. Let's call it, I don't know. Let's call it, let's call Area it. Area 52. Let's yeah. call it Base Freedom. Yeah, but, <laughs> and you've got alien stuff. Everyone's just going to go, watch just Area 51 in it. Don't you think, right? Everyone knows this is a movie about aliens, right? And that is it. It's just. Aliens, I believe, do exist out there of some organism of something that's alien to our country. But, you know, this is just a, a made-up film, right? Why would the American uh, government... So this isn't a documentary. <laughs> so why would the government then go, right, whoa, I'm going to pull out now. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, that's making them sound more suspicious. Like The gentleman doth protest too much. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know? why are you making... Uh, yeah. America, just question, why is your government making such a big deal yeah. about this? Yeah, yeah, If there's nothing to hide, what's going on? I'd have stared straight into it and gone, yeah. Yeah, here you go. Have all the stuff you want. Yeah. Make, yeah, what do you want it to be? Yeah, sure. Because that made me go, well, there's no way it's real because they wouldn't yeah, have done exactly. this. But now you make me go, hmm. Military types in the 90s might not have been the most... Uh, 
But that just requires just the slightest bit of mental agility, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I don't Bad know. move on that part, I think. It's me, it's me going, why why you, mm. why are you fighting this so much, guys? Exactly. Um, to learn how to double bluff. That's right. In the <laughs> briefing room scene at Area 51 behind Hiller and Gray, there's a night vision pan of the base. What you're seeing is actual shots of the real Area 51 taken by a conspiracy theorist from a place called Freedom Ridge. The ridge was later commandeered by the U.S. government in the late <laughs> 90s and is no longer accessible to the public. That's funny. So again, hey, America. Yeah. What's going on with Area 51? Why, why are you so paranoid? <laughs> um, the alien spaceship in Area 51 was a full-scale model measuring 65 feet wide. That was impressive. Wow. That's cool. That's very cool. I wonder what I'm to it now. That's, yeah, great question. Yeah. Maybe Will Smith got it. <laughs> he said, I've got to get me one of these. Maybe he got it. <laughs> He's got it in his garage. Yeah. Besides the other cars. Was yeah, actually- yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jasmine finds the first lady. Some random guy goes, oh, she's in pretty bad condition. She does. She has a case of holding stomach and dirty face. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is how we know she's not well. There's no blood. She doesn't. She's act, not vomiting. She she's not incoherent. Well no. She just looks a bit sad. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Sad and owie. And a bit, yeah, yeah, owie, yeah. yeah I, I got an owie. <laughs> um, we get... Uh, so will we come back to him he's dragging the alien carcass well not car he's not dead yet i guess but laments not being at a barbecue before coming across a convoy of motorhomes and talks to russell case which is the first situation where i may i guess we had the president and connie met up with uh david and his dad but now i got two other characters meeting up now so yeah, yeah. the better having to cast this big is when you start bringing them together then we get little ah. Oh, Remember Game of Thrones? Do yeah. you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, like, in yeah. later seasons, when all the characters, like, like reintroduced, like, oh, this is so special. Oh, this is going to be great. And then you're like, wait, what? They haven't met yet. It's been eight yeah. series. Do you remember, do you remember oh, when like- Tyrion met uh, um, Daenerys? What? And that felt huge. Yeah. I, liked, I am the gift. I liked um, uh, Jerome Flynn's character. Bron, was it? Yeah, Bron. Where he spent one season with one character, one season yeah. with another. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's the link. <laughs> or who was that? Who was the woman? Um, the big, the big tough. Oh, woman. she was good. Yeah. Kind of tough. Yeah. yeah, and she would go from character to character. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. My, it was huge. These moments. So we're kind yeah, of getting yeah, these. Yeah. Gwendolyn yeah. Christie. Gwendolyn Christie's right. Oh, she's great. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, proud of me. Well, well done, Ellie. Ready well for done. this, Ellie? Also in Star Wars. Okay. There we go. That <laughs> fell flat. All oh, of a okay. sudden, Ellie, Dan, Dan Gurr, yeah. Mackles, um, Ellie's turned into a big Star Wars fan. She's, she's, <laughs> which, which one is she in? <laughs> she's in seven and eight. So okay. she's in the first two of a new trilogy. Yeah. So I can skip three through six then. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, six, you probably want to see, because we've seen four and five now. Six, you want to see. One, oh, two, I, and- meant, I meant consecutively. Order of release. Order of release. Three, well, it's hard. Uh, don't do this because the yeah, Star Wars yeah. purists will kill me if I suggest anything besides four, five, six. Sorry, so, I mean I can I can so skip six you through can, three. You, I wouldn't skip the end of the original trilogy. I'd watch that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I might say the new trilogies or the prequels, you might call them, are. You can skip those. Yeah, you can skip those largely. I didn't mind. I didn't. Excellent. I liked. I liked how uh, the end of the third one was. Yeah. You know, because it gives you an idea of where sure. Vader comes from. But um, yeah, the other two. Yeah. Well, let's you go just, back you to... You just fill me in, quick summary. That's right. right. So let's go back to Area 51 where the, where the aliens have come from here, shall we? Is there a Jar Jar Binks in there? Well, uh, <laughs> so Will Smith wants a lift to the military base. We get told it's not on the map. He goes, trust me, it's there. 
Uh, the scene in which Will Smith drags the unconscious alien across the desert was filmed on the salt flats near Great Salt Lake in Utah. Smith's line, and what the hell was that smell, is unscripted. <laughs> Uh, Great Salt Lake is home to tiny crustaceans called brine shrimp. When they die, the bodies sink to the bottom of the lake, which is very deep and decomposed. Uh. When the wind kicks up just right, the bottom mud is disturbed, and the smell of millions of decaying brine shrimp can be very, very bad. Uh. Apparently, nobody warned Will Smith. (laughs) Also, this location, which we come back to at the end of the film, because the the, the sand is so white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Um, they race on there as well? I don't know. They set world records on Salt Lake and Utah. Oh, do they? Might be the same place then, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the cast and crew wearing long trousers still managed to get sunburns on their legs because the white salty surface reflected the sunlight up their trouser legs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Will Smith apparently got quite, quite the burn. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Area 51, the president wants to know why it wasn't told about this place. Two words, plausible deniability. And what that means basically is if we don't tell you it exists, you can always, be, you can always do what you said to the old man. Mm-hmm doesn't exist sir uh-huh. the minute you know exactly it's a different story yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we meet dr brackish oaken played by brent spiner brent spiner was lieutenant commander data on star trek the next generation i knew i knew him he's I one him. i picked up as a kid and went i know who that is and he looks so different obviously yeah so different but yeah. i you know when you look at him you go oh, the oh. voice is it for me yeah, yeah something I, I i didn't place him yeah but i was going yeah there's something because obviously he plays data rather robotic oh yeah yeah, yeah the- you just look him up yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just looked at a picture of him again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. He, uh, he seems nuts, like a guy who's been locked up with, with like aliens for like 30 years. Yep. Uh, we also meet an alien spaceship that just started working in the last few days, and the score, as we introduced to it, is fantastic. The score is really good there. Uh, we get told by Doctor Oaken that the neatest stuff's only happened in the last few days since these guys started showing up. All the little gizmos have been lighting up. It's been real exciting. President <laughs> doesn't like that summary. <laughs> Um, we find out some necessary exposition about the aliens, which is good. He says, oh, they're because they're, he's the expert. Mm-hmm. This would make sense. He yep. would be briefing. I'm totally cool with that. And he goes, you guys want to see him? Well, we call this the freak show. <laughs> I'm like, you're trying. It's not, it it's not, no. it's not James Cameron levels of bad in the writing. But still. Brent Spiner is not a good actor to pull this off. No. Yeah, this movie makes me go. Brent Spiner is not a great actor. He just, he lucked into a really good part in Commander Data. Yep. Uh, we meet the aliens. The aliens were designed by production designer Patrick Tatopoulos. Uh, the actual aliens are very small, as we know, and based on the design Tatopoulos drew when he was tasked to create an alien that was both familiar and completely original. Uh, they were biomechanical suits that were eight feet tall with 25 tentacles and purposely designed to show it could not sustain a person inside it. So you wouldn't think for a moment it was a man inside the suit. Oh, okay. So well done. Yeah, I didn't think that. There are two ideas, and basically they just put them together. Yep. To give the aliens a more slimy appearance, KY Jelly was used. Is KY Jelly a thing here? Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. So KY Jelly, obviously, is like a, shall we say, personal lubricant? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had to be like this one. had to be applied to the alien prop several times during outdoor scenes because in the intense heat, it caused the jelly to evaporate in just a few minutes. <laughs> That's funny. I like hey, Will. Like, oh, Will, can you, can you get can you bring some the, more? Yeah. That's going down for the besties as best context corner. That's funny. It's a context. It's all it's context, but it's definitely a production note. Yeah. 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 Best special effect. <laughs> that's uh, the president tasked David with saving the world and says, let's see if you're as smart as we all hope you are. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Will and the motorhome posse show up and they won't let him move out clearance. So he calls the guy over and says, maybe I just leave this here with you. Yeah, and the guy's like, he did what I would do. Let him through. Yeah, yeah. Let him in. Go, 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 go. What about everybody else? Don't care. They can yeah, all go yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. Look at the general reveals at this rate, all the cities will be destroyed the next 36 hours. The president meets Captain Hiller. Uh, the general has to tell Hiller that El, El Toro has been completely destroyed. And so Will Smith thinks Jasmine's dead. Mm-hmm. At this exact moment, Jasmine shows up at El Toro, sees it's on fire. She thinks Will Smith is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the women, and by the women, I mean the first lady and um, Jasmine have a conversation where they bond. Uh, they want to find out, kind of a touch about their lives. And really, it's more about Jasmine talking about her life. You know, was the boy's father? She goes, no, but I hope he behind him. I don't want the job. Yeah. But I yelled at him for going ahead and doing his job. So, you know, I don't know. Plus, I'd be, I'd feel bad. <laughs> plus, plus, I think he's dead. <laughs> um, and uh, finds out she's an exotic dancer. And she goes, and the president's wife goes, I'm sorry. And she goes, why? I'm not. My baby's worth it. And I'm, okay, I guess. Yeah. Very progressive for 96. Yeah, very. Very. I remember seeing this and going, oh. Okay. I really enjoyed this conversation. 96, full stigma still applied to sex workers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Although, I mean, they do present her as just being someone who takes off her clothes. I don't think the other side of it. When did she go into the room? Sex worker? Yeah, I probably missed up on my part. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know where the line is. I don't don't know. Um, Your personal prerogative, maybe? Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, It feels sex worker adjacent. Am I wrong? I don't know. It's down that same-ish road, is it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what the definition of If someone's more expert on this than I am, let me know. Yeah. I think, we're, I think we've moved further away from that now, and then, like, they're not the same things now. I mean, because we get told that NASA won't let Steve fly a shuttle if he's married to a stripper. Yeah. Yeah. That's seen as a bad thing. I mean, I, I st- I'd still be surprised if I met someone who's a professional in an environment, doctor so-and-so or whatever the jobs are that we, for some reason, still revere as being, you know, successful, whatever. And this is my wife and she strips over at that strip club over there. (laughs) That would still be a, oh, okay. It would feel jarring. So, you know, astronaut and his wife, the stripper, that that still feels... Yeah, adjacent to each other. Um, Not adjacent. um, They feel like they not clash, but they feel just two different worlds. Yeah. Two different worlds. Yeah, two different worlds. So... Uh, yeah, so this conversation between this really, um, I don't, you know, the first lady and what that's supposed to represent, even the term, the first lady. Again, two mm-hmm. different worlds. Two different worlds, very much clashing. You know, so yeah. Ellie, something you want to chime in with us on this? You said you really enjoyed this conversation. Um, yeah, I also noticed that the first lady had perfectly manicured fingernails, like in like this beautiful red color, and Jasmine didn't have any nail varnish on. Um, it's just a little detail i appreciated i just thought it was quite a touching scene like um it was very honest and open and i liked the fact that the first lady was just like cool and then they talked about politics a little bit as well didn't they because she was like i voted for the other guy yeah yeah i'm surprised you recognized me and then yeah i voted for the other guy i thought that was cute um we go to the autopsy uh there jump scare number one the exoskeleton opens up that's the one i forgot scared me as they're going through yeah the, th- the fact that no one thought should we like restrain the alien to the table is absolutely stupid. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Because <laughs> all we know he's been unconscious. Like, there's no guarantee that he's not going to work. Like, what was the thought here? Oh, no. I suppose if you're biopsying it, then. Yeah, I don't know. 
you might think it's dead. I would still... uh, Is anything going to be hurt by strapping it down? No, nothing. No, you not (laughs) take any chances. (laughs) You you know the military, they're they're, they're known for cutting corners. (laughs) (laughs) And backing out. The finger's moving, which was a nice shot. Mm -hmm. Lots of smoke. Uh, The president has a face-to-face in the gallery, and we get jump scare number two, where the alien sort of presses Commander Data's face to the thing and speaks through his voice box. Somehow, of all the broken stuff, the intercom is working fine. Yeah. Everything else is like flashing and whatever. The intercom is fine. Uh, he goes, and the president tries to say, maybe we can live in peace. I'd love to see this movie. <laughs> We're five years down the line. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're working on the wall. Hey, what's yeah. up, Jim? Ain't not much. Talking through another <laughs> Ta- person. Talking to other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just go ahead and just go, go on, honey. Let him, <laughs> let him speak through you for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the glass isn't bulletproof, uh, as we find out. But the, well, if, if glass is bulletproof, why can't the alien break it? Yeah, because that's got a bit <laughs> of a a Brunton shield and thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We then get more exposition. They showed me what they do. And he basically just explains the rest of the movie. And, you know, it might've been good to actually, while he was doing the trance thing, which both Brent Spiner and Bill Pullman's characters have, maybe we could have gone inside his head mm-hmm. and seen, it would have been really CGI heavy. I mean, that's why you don't do it. But rather than just have him explain it, if I had like a series of flashes, that might've been good for me. Yeah. And he didn't need to be in his head. You just had the flashes. Yeah, show me flashes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he goes, "That's so." The sergeant shoots the um, the alien, and we get nuke him, nuke the bastards. And the scene where the major goes up and goes bang, 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 bang at I the like end that. of it, that was done because the test audiences felt that the aliens weren't suffering enough. Oh, really? No. Yeah. No, for me, it was more like, look, just make sure it is dead. Yeah, I thought that as well. <laughs> because you haven't done yeah. it for the rest of it. But the complaint was, I guess, well, I know they all die at the end, but we don't see any of them really suffer. No, Will no, Smith no. punches one. <laughs> to be fair, all the characters we see die. We just have this like, giant horde. A spaceship blows up. We don't really comprehend individuals. True. True. Uh, to the end of the world, David gets drunk because the world is ending. Uh, his Connie says, don't you want to be part of something special? He goes, I was part of something special. And she's like, you didn't have any ambition. And of course, we, I, I don't know why David still isn't telling her at this point. Because you would, wouldn't you? At this point, like everybody you know is dead anyway. Yeah. The world's going to have to rebuild. By the way, honey, for the last 12 years, I've been working at this secret firm. Yeah. Where we monitor you know, after this. Especially just seeing what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got these programs on this. Yeah. You know, this felt there's a part where you go if these two characters just had a conversation and they're talking around the issue, but if they actually just had an honest conversation, yeah, yeah. like all the conflict would be over. Yep. There's once everything blows up, there's no once the White House. There's no reason for him to keep the pretense whatsoever. No, nope. none. Also, if she had that high up a job in the White House, would they have not run background checks on her family anyway? And wouldn't she already know? They would know. She might not. Yeah. As you saw with the president, he didn't know about Area 51, but the other guy did. So people would know she was good yeah, and clear. Yeah. They might have issues with what his job really is. They might not have both gotten those jobs. Oh, yeah, true. Because he was obviously working in that while she was involved in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So they might not have given her clearance if he had the clearance he already had in case of conversations that happened at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not because you can't be married, because they're both going to have really high classified information. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Will Smith steals a chopper. This big guy like grabs a gun and like points at him. I love it. Goes and Will Smith goes. Do you really want to shoot me? And I thought it was really good. He goes, No, sir. He goes, Just tell him I hit you. (laughs) The guy looks at him like, Come on, yeah, yeah. I'm twice your size. I love that bit. It is good. I wanted more for that guy. Yeah, me too. Um, There's a nuclear bomb in Houston. It doesn't work. 
let me just save you 10 minutes doesn't work so what do we do how do this is the same as the the terminator how do you beat these guys we don't know Mm -hmm. uh will loves to make an entrance he has the chopper he shows up at el toro it's all very quippy you know me i love to make an entrance i just wanted a moment here's what i wanted from will smith and from an honest moment i wanted an honest moment from both of them where they weren't being quippy and she sets up a lot of his like lines so she's not even being genuine no. it's you're like late. you're late you know yeah. me i love to like just, just have a genuine moment yeah and embrace and something nor, nor did i feel that she, we had the bit where she sort of holds on to the fence i felt she i felt she got over it pretty quickly like he steals a chopper yeah you know what i mean yeah. like, and he that's what he does we found it. he's he acts yeah just like he does when when he has to go off to off to, to fight the aliens right yeah he's a man of action i'm gonna go i'm gonna do this thing I don't know. I mean, I just... That's why I had a hard time. I was way more invested in one love story than the other. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Without a shadow. Um, so then we have that. Uh, as a result of being found, uh, the first lady makes it to a hospital. We find out very quickly that doctors can't stop the bleeding. Would this have been better if the president sees his wife, has a moment, and then is told that there's, they can't do it? Give us the reunion and then take it away. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just give it a beat. Because I didn't really... let them be happy and then take it away. Oh. Oh, that's so cruel, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Better, better. Yeah, movie. because that'd make me feel that way. Yeah. Where this way, it didn't really make me feel anything. Yeah. Um, the doctor's got the bleeding, so there's nothing we can do for her. She apologizes for not coming home when she was told to, which I think is what you would do. You'd go, I should have. And he goes, don't, don't. What are you doing? No. Yeah. He says the doctors think she's going to be just fine. She says liar. This is her entire character. Yep. He says things. She goes liar. Yeah. Cool. She's like a poor man, Sidney Ellen Wade. Who's that? The American president. Oh, oh, Benning. oh yeah, yeah. Like Benning was like his equal and was like fire, but she had like, a, you know, the face I can see, I can tell, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. and there was more to her. This woman is just that. Oh, remember when she was always knew when he was lying? Let's make that. Anything else? No. <laughs> yeah. That's her entire character. Yeah. Um, Georgia did say that she teared up when she died. Wow. See, I didn't. Um, I don't. And um, I, I thought this was a more moving death as well than the jimmy one earlier that we were talking about okay however i would argue that it's because of the scene with the president and the daughter afterwards rather than that's a more moving scene that's more yeah. moving yeah yeah. yeah yeah so the president wanders outside where she's just died presumably yeah and the doctors are all hanging out and then they go oh what's going on they go in this is the first lady of the united states when she starts to struggle you're telling me there's not 15 sounds that will go off and get a parade of doctors in there and there'd be people in there anyway yeah this is not a situation where she dies with just the two of them in the room not a prayer and also what convenient timing like she was you know, there's nothing they can do to say. Hung her, on just, just long just enough. Just waits yeah. on to have a full-on conversation with her husband. No, like, kind of gasping for breath or anything. Just, like, have a little chat. And then, just after they're done, dead. Ellie, I'm not trying to do anything branding-wise here, but you've had a bit of a contrarian viewpoint on something we said earlier. So I want to throw it to you on this, because I didn't get this. And maybe you can give me something I'm not getting. She sends her daughter away. Why? I can't yeah. figure this out. Besides know. the fact the movie needs her to have a conversation with her husband, why did she send her daughter away? Because she, I think, think you got she, bigger. Is it is it is it too painful? I, I don't understand this. Yeah, I think she just doesn't want her to see her die. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. Okay, maybe I can get that. Yeah. 
Because I really struggled. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to have every moment? But maybe it's that motherly, I don't want her to see me die. Oh, God, no, yeah, it hits even more I think so, because she's a really little kid, isn't she? Like, yeah. She would, that'd be a bit much. Um, so. President Go sits down beside his uh, daughter and says, she goes, is mommy sleeping now? He goes, yeah, mommy's sleeping. I hope the kid's speaking in metaphors, because otherwise. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> you said he was sleep. You said she was sleeping. <laughs> I took I it. I thought exactly the same. <laughs> I'm like, I was no, like, that's really mean. You know what this is? This is a line an adult would think of to write for a child. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's not like, either you go, she's sleeping, and you wouldn't go. Children would take it literally. Yeah. Because either you'd do that and you'd go to cushion the blow. Yeah, she's just sleeping. And oh, she just didn't wake up. You know, that, but we just get that. So we'll get the next sentence. No. So it's like, uh, this is something an adult would write. Yeah. I'd like to see more emotion from him in this scene. Like, not like break down and crying, but see more, you know, when you're trying to be, you know, when you're trying to be not tough, but you're trying to get through it without breaking down too much, but your eyes say everything. His eyes didn't really say too much to me here. No, he needed either another scene or a best friend where you can have a moment. Yeah. And maybe what I would do is maybe, maybe they need a scene with him and Constance. And let him just be real for a minute. Yeah. And let her talk him up. She could have used a... Because she reverts to just David's love pursuit in the third act. Yeah, you know dude. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. And she could have used a scene where she bigs him up right before he goes out and makes that speech. Mm. He doubts himself. Who am I? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what's going on. I can't do this anymore. And let her big up... Because she's the right character for that. Yeah. She knows him. She knows who he is. She even said you came across as soft. And she can say, you can put Paula, soft isn't the idea that you don't go through pain. That's not what makes you tough. It's not what makes you, soft is the wrong, but it's, it's, it's being able to still reach down and find what you have to do. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. And give it her something more to do. Because once she kind of finds out that, you know, he's still wearing the ring. That's, that, that's the end of that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so on that note, um, where are we at here? Oh, so David's drunk. It's July 4th. I've said it before. For some things I don't do well in this world, there are. I can't act drunk uh, on like, in, like, in like a play. I'm dreadful at it. I, I, I cannot do it. I I'm okay being Ethan can't either. No, Ethan can't. <laughs> it turns into Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> he does, he does. Uh, Jeff Goldblum also cannot act drunk. Nope. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is bad in this scene. It was character. Yeah. Of a of a drunk. This is the only yeah, this is yeah. It didn't feel it didn't feel right. We gotta we gotta dirty up the ozone and throw it in there. Maybe if we make it so bad, falls over. They won't want it anymore. Even oh, it's fallen over with even, like, even as a kid, not kid, I would have been what would I have been uh, 16, 16, 17. 17 yeah. I was like, this is not good. No. This is not good. Jeff Goldblum are not good here. Nope. Um so Julius says, I haven't spoken to God since your mother died, which was nice. We got some character development for Julius, but it took us to a third act to get there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it seemed honest. And this is what this is what Thomas needed. Thomas needed this speech from someone yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was just super president the whole time. Yeah. So I like that David has a moment of crisis. I don't think Will gets one. No, he's, he's, he hear he hears that she's dead. He thinks she's dead, but that's yeah, not but really that's, a moment of crisis. But he doesn't show, show. He gets it? into a chopper and goes yeah. and finds her yeah. and rescues her. Again, no really emotion. No, no. And then we have, um, yeah, they made the president. But this is nice that at least David gets it, and he gets told stand up before you catch a cold. And this is where the penny drops. 
Mm. And it was my dad's a genius. I mean, the presentation, he gets everybody together in the big hall by the spaceship and says, would you go ahead, Major so-and-so, and shoot that Coke can? He even said Coke. Yeah. Uh, and he goes ahead and shoots it. Of course, it ricochets off of the shield. And we hear, boing, bing, bing, bang, boom, boom. <laughs> it felt very Looney Tunes. It did, yeah. Like, this was more, we said about it earlier, this is more Men in Black. Yeah. This is a little bit too comedic for what this film should have been. I could see where they were going with it. Bounce off once. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you make it sound like it's a cartoon bullet that bounced off nine things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And do it one more time. And he's given it a virus, a computer virus. Now, I can't get my PS4 to play PS3 games, <laughs> but he can use a laptop to speak to an alien spacecraft. <laughs> and once he took that virus, he gave it that virus. Yep. He then flew that later, or Will Smith did. So did that mean they still had the virus? I'm guessing you can re- retract the virus. <laughs> That's a great point. Wouldn't you still want to have that shield up yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, they want to fly the ship into the mothership and then upload the virus. Nimziki thinks it's a stupid idea. And here's my problem with Nimziki in this scene. You got a plan, buddy? Yeah, exactly. What's the plan B? Come on. What you got? Me. Throw them at me. Because yeah. yeah. right now we got nothing. No. Nope. So they got, you might not think there's a, there's a chance in hell, but it's better, it's better than what you got. It'll soon be the end of the world, if not. Yeah. So come on. What do Anything. you have? What do you have to lose? Exactly. And he gets so angry. He does. He said, no one can fly this. And then this is where Steve steps up. And so they kind of go, okay, here's the plan. And off they walk. And we, for the first time in the movie, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum exchange dialogue. It was one hour and 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think it was that bad. No, it was right. Cause this was a big moment when they come together mm-hmm. and it's the, the, it's the jock stars. and the brain. Yeah, yeah. That's what these two are. Although I'll say this. The brain, who's not the jock, is built. He's buff, isn't he? He is. He's built way more than Will Smith isn't he? is. Isn't he? Way more. Oh yeah. So I'm like, oh, he's so nerdy. What the guy looks like? He could bench press a cow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nimziki is then fired. I like how he try and uh, has Nimziki then try and like he, he can't do that. He's like get he, fired. He, isn't he? Like, oh, he just did. Yeah, he's yeah. the president. And there's no one else. Like everybody else has been taken out. Exactly. So yeah. And then I have a spark that says America is great, which is a, a montage of other places around the world hearing what the Americans want to do. And my favorite might be a British regiment in Iraq. Where the one guy gets told the Americans want to launch a counterattack. And this very posh British man goes, well, it's about bloody time. It's about bloody time. What do they have in mind? <laughs> the whole rest of the world is going, come on, America, save us again. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know it's playing for a largely American crowd. And in real life. And we're doing this on July 4th. In real life, that would not happen. Oh, this was... Uh, everybody, the Russians, the English, everybody would all be trying to find a way of... We have the utmost respect to our American listeners and my American yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do not think this is the reverence that the rest of the world holds America in. <laughs> not that we dislike America. No, not at all. But we're not sitting around going, come on, America, show us the way. Yeah, you'd be our light. If your last president's anything to go by, especially. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but just... We can't top Trump that. We can't, no. But just, just the idea that, you know, we're, we're not sitting around going, oh, I really hope America comes by to save us all. That's not the reputation no. globally. We're very glad to have you around. Very, yes. very glad to have yeah, you yeah. around as, as, as our friend friends and all that stuff but it's not utter dependence no no <laughs> and this movie would have you think otherwise yeah. Yeah. um the whole world is coming together though through morse code they look for pilots this is russell's redemption he is so drunk like at what point should he have stopped drinking before this 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, basically, you know, he gets to the to the air base. He can see he's part of the solution. And then who's he getting hammered with? At what point are you not going, like, you know, you need to stop drinking? Yeah, because, yeah. Stupid. And he goes, can any of you guys pilot? He goes, I fly. I pilot. And so then we cut to him getting coffee. He goes, keep him coming. Keep him coming. And we're like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, no, like, this is like. <sighs> no, I know, I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say. Yeah. Uh, so they want some background info on their flight experience. They don't got time for this. No. Five hours until the attack takes place, we're told. Yeah. You don't have time for. So tell me a bit about yourself. It's like everybody pay attention. I don't know what your level of experience is. Here's how you fly a plane. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for sharing corner. Nope. Yeah. Uh, which again gets him to go. That's know, just him to redeem himself. Though, I've been crop dusting and on a personal note, ever since I was kidnapped by aliens 10 years ago, I've been dying for some payback and just want to let you know, I won't let you down. Salutes. I didn't realize oh, that's too cheesy. I didn't, I didn't want to see that bit. Connie doesn't like David is going, which is the exact same fight as earlier. Yeah. Ellie, did you pick up on this? Cause I was, this is the same fight that Will Smith has with Jasmine early in the film. She doesn't want him to go. Why does it have to be you? And he's going, because I have to go, because it has to be me. Someone else might get it wrong. It's the same fight. Yeah. Is it not? I guess. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. Ha-ha. <laughs> Very Will Smith. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, she wants to know why him. He says he's always trying to save the world and throws this can in a recycling bin with two recycling stickers on it. Yeah. Maybe you could have saved one of those for a different, different can. Maybe. What are you doing? Printing out extra stickers. I wonder if he got it and she goes, the first she goes, now you get ambitious. He's not a cable repairman. <laughs> you should know this. Uh, then we go to the wedding because Steven's marrying um, Jasmine, Jasmine before yeah, uh, yeah. before he goes up. And while that's going on, of course, the, the, the ex-married couple is um, are the witnesses. Giving it doe eyes. Yep. And she notices he's still got his ring. Like, I'm sorry. That's the last two days together. She would have she noticed, noticed yeah. before this. Way yeah. before this. Way before this. Yeah. Um, we go to the president's speech, which we played off the start. Uh, July fourth, we'll we no. Watch- Sorry, go ahead. As we were watching that, I was, I was just like, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be the opening. So. <laughs> I had, a, I had a different one at first, and then I went, oh, really? yeah, and oh, then I thought, well, let me let me try the let me try the speech, and then it had already a score in the background. I was like, oh, this oh, is perfect, and then Sharon, I was as like, oh, this is great. As he started, I was like, yep, that's I it. love this speech. <laughs> that gives me spine tingling. Well, let me give you some background on it. Uh, July 4th will no longer be an American holiday. I'm like, oh, this is just... That part was painful. Yeah, I was going, yeah, yeah. everybody will celebrate July 4th. Yeah. Uh, the president's speech was filmed on August 6th, 1995, in front of an old airplane hangar that once housed the Enola Gay, which dropped Ooh, the atomic bomb oh. on Hiroshima yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. 50 years previous to the date of the speech. Wow. Yep. The final sentence of the president's speech was not in the original script. Okay. It was added at the last minute for dramatic effect and an effort to convince 20th Century Fox not to avoid a legal battle to earn the right to the film Independence Day. At the time, it was nicknamed ID4 because Warner Brothers owned the rights to the title Independence Day. It's nuts you could own the rights to a day. So if I had a film called Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That seems weird. But yeah. So Dean Devlin. The poster's ID4, didn't they? Yeah, so it's there. You can obviously see it still exists in some capacity. Dean Devlin hoped if Fox executives noticed the edition in dailies, the impact of a new dialogue would help them win the rights to the title. Um, It was eventually won two weeks later, so it was was a good call. Before they reached a deal with Warner Brothers on the rights to the title, other suggested films would have been called, titles would have been called Invasion or Sky on Fire. No brutal not nearly as successful no hey did you guys see sky on fire i'm telling you now invasion wouldn't have been too bad 
Yeah, it's generic, though, yeah, isn't it? very generic, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's not impactful, is it? No. Someone's already used alien or aliens. <laughs> but the, the reason I like this speech is two lines. And yeah. It's the, um, we're not here to exist. We're here to survive or something like that. We're fighting for our right to, to exist, to survive. To yeah. survive. Oh, it really got me. Because um, they're not facing tyranny. They're not, no. they're, 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 they're fighting against extinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, it's a reimagining of the St. Crispin's Day speech from Shakespeare's Henry V. You love your Shakespeare, Liam. No. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Bill Clinton's head of speech writing. I don't know why he comments on this, but he said it's not like Shakespeare was going to sue. <laughs> True. Uh, Devlin, one of the co-writers, said, Roland turned to me and said, oh, great. We only have to write a speech as great as the St. Crispin's Day speech. How are we going to do that? Devlin said, uh, let me kind of just vomit out something really fast right now, and we'll spend a lot of time on it later and really rewrite it and make it perfect. So I went in the other room, and literally in five minutes, I whipped the speech out, put it in the script. We didn't even read it. It was just a placeholder. And actually, all they added to that was the final line. So for five minutes' work, not bad. That's all right. Pullman does well with it. He does. Pullman does in the hands of a lesser actor, not as good. He builds it. It's got mo. It's got it's got light movement yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the number of rednecks at the end who grabbed their guns and hauled them in the air and were like, "Yeah," was it reminded me a lot of the Borat sequel when he's at that festival. <laughs> oh, uh, Do you remember that one? No, I want to forget that. Film. Oh, jeez, it was very alt right, like crazy. Like, yeah, you can't take you can take my gun when you peel it from my cold dead hands. Yeah, oh, that's dreadful movie. Oh, it was a little bit scary. I will never watch that movie again ever. Uh, and then we find out that Whitmore, the president, is going to fly. Why? We've been told there's no one else left. My question is, what about his kid? Yes, yeah. his kid. You've just killed the mother off the movie, not him. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's some sort of crazy scene where he strangled her. <laughs> we just him and her in the room. That's all we, we know. know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the kid's there. After the, the mommy sleeping, mommy sleeping, the kid barely exists for the rest yeah. of the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's no scene of her looking scared. Oh, there's, there's one. There's one. But I'm like, she should have been more of a factor in his decision-making process. Yeah, but there wasn't, yeah. was there? Yeah. He just like, you know, gung-ho. Like, give me, I know it was something you wanted for Russell, but give me a moment where he's got a picture of his daughter as well. Or give me, he looks at her one last time before he gets in the plane. Something. Sir, you don't have to do this. And he looks at her in the distance playing with, with uh, what's his name? The boy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Darcy? No, Darcy. Uh, d- 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 not Dylan. Dylan. Is it's it Dylan? Dylan? Yeah. Sees her playing with Dylan. He goes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And gets yeah. in the plane. Like, something like that would have been great. Uh, as opposed to just, I'm super, I'm super, I'm Captain America. Basically, is what it turns into. Yeah, because once he, if he, I mean, that's a bit of a dogfight over there. I mean, you never know what's going to happen to you. Um, Julius and David exchange gifts just in case. Uh, David gets a barf bag and Julius gets a Torah and a yarmulke. Uh, there's graphic matches on. There's a hug between uh, Constance and uh, David. And then we cut to the president thing for a second. And then we cut back and it's uh, Will Smith and uh, Jasmine in the same embrace, the same angle. Really well done. Yeah, nice. Really like that. Uh, Russell says, I chose a hell of a day to quit drinking. You haven't quit drinking. No. You just got sobered up like an hour ago. <laughs> You've quit nothing. Like, this is not a, your victory over alcoholism, this film. No. And the film makes me go, oh, look, he gave up drinking. No, only because they needed someone to fly. Yeah. <sighs> go on, say it. It's a good thing he was sober. He would have flown into his own ship. <laughs> Jeez. Um, cigars are important. Fat lady, I got you. Like, this is the sort of stuff you can tell he's riffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fat lady, hey, fat lady, I got you. No, I, I totally, yeah, yeah, of course they are. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, 
I have a hard time believing they built a runway naturally for that spaceship underground at Area 51. Yeah, that feels feels wrong. Why would you do that? Yeah, you would just in case one day we can fly it out of here. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. And how'd they get it down there in one piece? Maybe did they lower it, it and build everything around it? Maybe that's where it crash landed and they just built around it. It's like twenty four stories underneath, isn't it? And dug it under and yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, then we go to the mission. Uh, Goldblum and Smith are best in this film when they're together. Oh, they're good with other people. I really appreciate the two of them together. Yeah. Will Smith's definitely at his best when he's with Goldblum. Oh yeah, yeah. without a shadow. Um, the aliens are headed towards the same thing. Did she? Yeah, yeah. The aliens are headed towards Area Fifty One. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just she enjoyed Will, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum generally, but especially when they were together. Yeah. Uh, there's a tractor beam, and he goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Oops," which is a repeat of Will Smith, who's got his like flying directions upside down. If you're a pilot who needs to remember which one is up and which one is back and which one's <laughs> left and which one's right, you are not the right man. I'm with I'm with Nim- Nimziki or whatever his name was now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scope of the alien ship it's like it's like a whole civilization. Oh, it's like you're traveling with like a planet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they get captured by pincers that hold the ship in place above the mothership. David uploads the virus. Like our Zoom call disconnects twice a night. Not tonight, knock on wood. But you know what I mean? Oh, dis- why did you say that? I know. It disconnects uh. twice a night. But but he can get his virus uploaded in like no time. Because the movie's got a movie. The movie's got a movie. Uh, the president fires. Uh, so, okay. So uh, the virus is uploaded. So they try to fire back down on Earth. And they try to fire. It hits the shield. And they want to abort. Like, this is a big deal for one. Like, maybe everybody gets water or something like that. And yeah, they shoot. Cool, it? And it connects. And like, oh, cool. It connects. Um, and so then back up on the mothership, uh, the windows are manually opened by, uh, there's like an override and uh, it causes our heroes to go hide because they can just, and the other, totally and other ships turn and come down beside them. Yeah. To take a look at them. Yeah. Um, the aliens are attacking area 51, but it's like the Terminator movie last week. They're just firing near people. <laughs> not at people yeah. everything else is blown up around them the people are making it actually uh then we go to julius is leading people in prayer nimziki isn't jewish and he's told nobody's perfect i like they included him yeah i do too do you know what i mean Even yeah, he, he, he's scared he's yeah, scared yeah, yeah even though he's the the bad guy that we see he's the human bad guy yeah, yeah. human bad guy yeah it was nice to see him get included it was nice to see the kids go are you scared yeah me too yeah and yeah. i was like oh that's nice it was nice and he goes, they're ready to fire their primary weapon. Because the general's got very little to do at this point. <laughs> um, and so the president's like, I got it. I got it. I'm looking at his angle going, you don't got it. <laughs> they right. Like, you, you need to be underneath it coming up at it. You're trying to, no, it's not yeah. going to work. And sure enough, negative impact. Uh, so the next guy's ready. He gets blown up. And all the missiles have been fired. And he goes, doesn't anyone have any missiles left? And like, shouldn't you're like, technology know this you should see this so yeah. why do, how can you be wrong this is really stupid but we need to get sorry i'm late mr president and then in zooming through everything goes who is uh, that guy russell case sir and he salutes the uh, camera now, dreadful does randy quaid know that it's not a video link to anything else it's just us <laughs> who's he saluting why and why is he saluting the camera he's looking right at us yeah because yeah. he wants this that is, big chair in the cinema this is, he's telling everything everything 
Uh, Russell approaches like a guy enjoying the final flight. Like, let's pave a road. And the, the, the plane's like divvy between left, right, left, right. Goes down. Of course, the missile jams. He tries again. It jams. They're like, damn it. Well, you tried, boys. It's like, no, someone's going to have to make the difficult choice here. Mm-hmm. Russell looks at the picture of his children beside his yeah, nice, touch. nice touch. And he goes, tell my children I love them very much. I did get a little bit choked on that. He's wished good luck, buddy. No, it is. It's, it's, it's a lovely. Mo- That's why. If he didn't play this to a 10. Yeah. Yes, this exactly. could have been so much better. So much better. Uh, and then uh, he goes, uh, all right, you alien assholes. In the words of my generation, up yours. And I'm I like, oh. oh, I didn't like the speech, right? But I, I visually going up. Yeah, it was a beautiful shot. It was a great shot, wasn't and it? And then, hello, boys, I'm back. I don't mind the hello, boys, I'm back if you avoid the previous speech. I didn't like any of it. I don't think we need the up yours. No. Um. And then they go, everybody spread the word. Tell them how to bring those sons of bitches down. And I'm like, so what are they all supposed to do? Get the drunken crop duster who was previously kidnapped by aliens to not fire his missile and wait to the very last. Because it only works because they're firing their, their, yeah, their weapon yeah, yeah, yeah. as he goes up. Yeah. Apparently in the sound of that is James Brown's whale. Oh, really? I guess like, ow! Like that, that kind of, yeah. yeah James yeah. Brown is in that sound effect. Oh, cool. And the visual of it is the uh, thing that blew up the Empire State's building in reverse. They just use the same effect and do it backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So back on the mothership, um, Will Smith asks, what do you think? We get checkmate because there's not been enough chess references so far. No, no, no. Uh, They smoke the cigars. A nice joke where Goldblum says, I always thought it was things like this that would kill me. Uh, They send the nuke into the alien like there's one guy who's like a, like their computer yeah the the computer there's only operator. one guy doing any work today random, apparently yeah uh it sets him free uh he goes i i didn't hear no fat lady and and golden goes forget the fat lady you're obsessed with the fat lady and he says as they go to leave let's go faster if i may let to play you something good for it this is from the movie So that must go faster, must go faster. As said by Jeff Goldblum. Does that sound familiar at all? It's up from um, Jurassic Park. I'd like to play a second clip of me. Yeah, so I remember oh, when I saw that as a kid much. going, yeah. you just reuse and yeah, ad libby. Like he yeah, just decided to throw that in there. I like it better repeatedly in the Independence Day. The must go faster, must go faster, must yeah, go. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. But just really, he's ripping off himself. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. I just want. If we had that question again, who's someone you'd like to interview out of all of what Goldblum's on the short list? I really like what he does. And Nicholas Cage. He's clearly thinking. <laughs> I, I believe Goldblum could have like a, a, a coherent conversation with me. Like Cage, I don't know where it's going. He could show up and be awesome. He could show up and just be a, a, like a yeah, disaster. I know, that's funny, right? Um, and so, as we said, it's from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works. There's a giant white light as the mothership explodes. There's success all around the world. Maybe some of them haven't aged so well. There's a shot of some African tribesmen with spears. 
celebrating mm-hmm. if something goes down. Um, I don't know if that necessarily gets because it is that thing, right? Let's show. Okay, we're gonna have a shot in Africa. What do we do? We'll, we'll, we'll give them. We'll give them big shields and spears. Yeah, and it's like this very old world mentality of what exists in Africa. So uh, I don't shave people. Yeah, yeah, like very, very um, stereotypical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we found out, did they make it? We're not sure if they made it just as the, as the women come. Cause now that's what they are now. They're just the women <laughs> and they, they're in the background and they're looking all scared and they're holding on to each other as they worry about their men. Now, I'm not saying, of course it's okay. If you were really in this, in this universe, you'd be worried and upset, but you know, Connie's been reduced to just this. <laughs> I wanted more for Connie. Uh, did they make it? Yes, they did. Back to the sunburn flats they go. And I'll tell you what, I said it when we watched it, Liam. That is one hell of a swagger walk that Goldblum's got. Oh, yeah. The, the eyes are on, on Goldblum. He's way cooler as he walks oh, than Will Smith. Yeah, the movie wants me to think Will Smith's the cool guy. He's not. Goldblum's the cool guy. There yeah, he is. Absolutely, he is. Get out, Goldblum. Um, they get uh, hugs from all around, all the loved ones. Uh, the little girl says, Happy Fourth of July, Daddy. He goes, happy 4th of July. And then Will Smith holds Dylan, says, didn't I promise you fireworks? And we see the aliens being, you know, destroyed, falling in pieces, the mothership. God knows what's going to do to the environment, but there we go. I have a problem with this scene, though. I said to you at the time how Pullman, the president, is with his daughter, which is great. Yep. Right? But in with that scene is um, Will Smith. Yep. Jasmine. Um, Will Smith is with... What's his name? Jordan? No. Dylan. Dylan. Yep. Right, in a separate scene. And um, Goblin and... Connie? Connie. Connie. Are together. But you don't ever see Will Smith and Jasmine together with the kid. No. They don't embrace, they don't... I'd like to have seen them together. It's obviously going to be some sort of decision they made about what they wanted to do. I don't think the film treats Jasmine as that important of a character. Yeah, it just seemed odd. I don't. I don't. Uh, nor Especially that- if they just got married. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? The problem that I have with this last scene is those stupid firework effect things, like little shooting star looking things over the ship at the end, completely ruined the ending for me. Yeah, they, okay. weren't, they weren't good graphics. They look so shit. And like all of the other special effects in the film, like I was really quite a fan of, really. I thought they all held up. And then this one little bit at the end, I was like, what the hell is that? Well, at least they weren't driving a car into the sky. And does any? Oh God, that's dreadful. <laughs> does my nut? <laughs> that's why I gave it a nine. Yep. <laughs> but also, who does the cleanup job oh, with these spaceships? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Um, couple last tidbits. Filming at the at Los Angeles Inter- International Airport was delayed several days due to a threat from Ted Krasinski, the Unabomber. Oh. And a fun tidbit: Roland Emmerich, uh, sorry, Emmerich's regular film crew gives several cast members nicknames by the end of filming. Will Smith was given the nickname Mr. Charisma. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was named Nice because of his tendency to say Nice, Nice when agreeing with Roland Emmerich's direction. Robert Loggia, the general, was nicknamed the Turtle because despite his hard exterior, he was soft on the inside. Aww. And Julie Moran, who I don't know who she is, received a nickname Evil because her name appears in the credits at the same time the music turns ominous. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Mad Magazine did a parody in which the virus transmitted that the aliens was Windows 95. The computer operating system was notorious at the time for its frequent bugs, which caused compatibility problems with other it was programs. A I, don't remember, I remember Windows Vista being a disaster. I don't remember 95. 95 weren't that great. 
I never had to upgrade it. So wait, are you are you giving insight on tech? And I'm going, I don't remember this. Well, my dad had it. Oh, there we go. You know, so yeah. so uh, I think it's that time. And we are on the end game now. Uh, Liam, Liam, uh, we need from you a random word. What was what was it? He said tire kicking, fire licking. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's kick the tires and light the fires. Yeah, I like mine better. <laughs> no, no. What is it? Kick the tires and light the fires. Kick the tires and light the fires. So it's more of a random phrase this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just a nice, a nice. That made me smile. You're going to have to listen back to this like 10 times. Which, 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 okay, around. guys, whichever one, my one or the, the movie one, either one. Kick the tires, light the fires, or finger licking, whatever it was. I don't know. It's a KFC advert this week. Colonel Sanders, that's the magic how, word. How, this week. How much of, I don't know we had an endorsement deal yet. How'd you work this one out? Oh, no. Um, so, okay, there we go. Uh, some awards. It was nominated for Best Sound, it won for Best Visual Effects. The score won a Grammy for Best Instrumental Composition Written for a Motion Picture or Television. It's one of only four films whose orchestral soundtrack won a Grammy for Best Score, despite not being nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Score. Mm-hmm. So, got the Grammy, but not the Academy Award. Uh, let's talk about the money. Where are we at with the coin, the Robert De Niro, if you will? Ooh. Budget was $75 million. What you got, Liam? Big on it. Yep, I actually need you to do a number, though, not just an adjective. 420. 420. Okay. And Ellie. 300. 300. Again, you're all low. That's okay. 750. Uh, still low. 817.4. At the time, it was the second highest grossing film of all time. You want to guess what number one was? Oh, hang on. We were 96, weren't we? Yep. Um, oh, Jurassic Park. It was Jurassic Park. <laughs> so Jeff Goldblum had number one and number two. Uh, so uh, I'm just really realizing right now that George is not here, so no one's done any stuff with critics, so I'm just trying to find if I can find something there really quickly. Whose story is as a lot of people? I mean, if you choose it one, yeah. it's kind of hard in a movie like this, so maybe what we'll do is we'll just talk about... I think it's more Go- Goblin's uh, character, because he's there from the beginning. It's humanity's story. It's humanity. What well, it is? It's everybody. It's, it's, it a, it's fathers. Yeah. It's very male-heavy. It's fathers, it's sons, oh, it's... Uh, it's husbands, it's ex-husbands, mm-hmm. it's fathers, and yeah, it's it's just those sorts of things. It's about you know men trying to be better than they were earlier, and unfortunately, you can make arguments about what that means about women. So maybe we should do that. Ellie, roll the women. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think it's quite strong in a way. Like the the roles aren't as fleshed out as the male characters, like you just said, but um. I think the scenes that the women have, some of them are quite nice. Um, they, you have some women in kind of high positions of authority, which is good. Um, and like kind of that speech from Jasmine where she's talking about how, you know, she's kind of empowered to look after her son. I can't remember how she phrases it. Um, that's, that's quite strong woman as well, really, even though it's not that mm-hmm. kind of high up job. It's, it's about her and what she wants and her autonomy. So I liked that. I think Connie's a, a strong character because, yeah. Yeah. you know, she tells the president as it is, yeah. you know, and she is in that position. Um, so, yeah, I think. And even David, like she talks about you left me for yourself. I was the biggest opportunity of, you know, of, of my career. Yeah. And unapologetically so. I get to have dreams too. Yeah. She just might not know his actual ambition, but the kind of assumption is she was supposed to stay for the relationship as opposed to what she wants. Mm-hmm. 
So there's something in that, which is why it sucks for me. But she kind of, in the third act, just kind of disappears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want more from her. I, re- I, I really like my idea of that extra scene where she, because yeah. I needed to see Whitmore being human as well. Yeah. And he's not. And he's not. Nah. No, he's superhuman in this. So there we go. Um, should we go favorite character? There's lots to choose from. It's not like last week, but there was like Can three. Can we have an honorable one and a character we like? As long as... As long as you're quick about it, we are running. Well, we all know who my honorable character is. Who's that? Harry Connick Jr. Oh, Harry Connick Jr. is very good in this. I liked him in this, and I forgot he was in this. See, so okay, like a main and a supporting, maybe. So, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. supporting Harry Connick. Who's your main? My main is Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. I thought he was fantastic in this. Okay, uh, Ellie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's my favorite as well. I think he just plays that kind of character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, if we're going for a supportive, a supporting actor, then. Um, Julius, he was he was a really he was good, good. Judd Hirsch, yeah, yeah, the father, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was I was torn between two, so I'm going to let Ellie have that one, and so I'm going to say <laughs> that my main one is is um, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's his movie, it is. In an ensemble, he he ends up owning the movie, and I'm going to go for my honorable. Then I'm going to give it to the woman who plays Constance. I think she's really good she in this, good, yeah. and it was between that and and Judd Hirsch. So, and again, mm-hmm. two two characters who spend the most time with. Um, with Goldblum, with, with Goldblum, yeah, yeah, and you know Will Smith's goodness, and and he's okay. And, and he holds up his own. Paul, Paulman's nah. really quite good in this, I think. I like Paulman in this. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't think he shows enough emotion in the parts. He Paulman, no, no. I need to see a bit more range. Yeah. I get the idea, but you need to have a strong leader. I think strong leadership is even more impressive if we can get a glimpse into privately he's struggling, but yet still goes out and is able to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think a lot of the characters in this just fall a bit flat for me, really. I definitely didn't like um, uh, Randy Quaid. Well, let's talk about uh, best moment or element, and then we'll start talking about what we don't like. Okay, my best moment is the speech. It's that bit about, you know, what I said earlier. Um, It's the bit about um, existing and living. Really resonated with me back in the day in the cinema and today. I like that whole build a morale boost. It kind of made me feel a bit like, you know, when you hear the, the Winston Churchill speech we shall fight on the beaches we shall stand together we should blah 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 and all that yep it was kind of like that it builds and that's quite gives you that uplift it does give you that uplift you're not wrong yeah and that's one thing i remember from the film a lot more that feeling of what that made me feel so that's my favorite element okay uh ellie Uh, for me it's that scene between jasmine and the first lady i really liked it wow okay yeah, I just I just thought it was a really kind of powerful scene, and and actually it's I forgot what it's called the um the uh, that thing the Bechdel test it passes the Bechdel test, um and it's it's just a good kind of strong woman scene. Even even though the first lady actress isn't that great, I think yeah. that scene is largely kind of Jasmine's scene really, and I just yes. found it quite powerful. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the one that was on the movie. Uh, the, the the destruction of that initial attack where everything blows up, mm-hmm. and you get to see all these crate, and you're like, whoa, like things you never saw before. I mean, it looked that good, and and the idea of it sets the record for most practical kind of um, it was good, most practical shots in one thing. Like there was that, and it was like, wow, what what happens now? What happens now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like I don't, I don't, okay, like all these symbols that would always be under threat, and they'll just take them all out in the first act. And it's you're like, like, whoa. It's a bit like somebody blowing up like Buckingham Palace, isn't it? It'd be that shocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be yeah. like, what? Because the White House itself is a symbol of the presidency. Yeah, I think yeah, even yeah. More, more so than 10 Downing Street if it blew up. The White House has got this pageantry about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So uh, I would go with that. So, Liam, here's your opportunity. A grumble, my friend. A grumble. Randy Quaid. What? Really? He didn't need to be in it. I didn't like him in it. I like his characters. I like his characters. Characters because he's the everyman. Do you know what I mean? You're busy. Well, we we, we have the the super genius scientist, right? Yeah. We've got the super captain fighter pilot guy. Okay. We've got the president of the United States. You need an everyman, and that's who Russell Quaid, yeah, Russell Randy Quaid's supposed. It's him. who he's supposed. No, uh, yeah, not I, the actor. I, I you. you need the character. I hear I'm you, saying. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. his arc is lovely. If he's not tenning, like that last bit was just, I don't know if it was supposed to be cheers, but it was just played for, you know, cheap laughs. Like if you liked, if you loved him as cousin Eddie in National yeah. Lampoon's Vacation, he's back and this time he's flying a plane. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. And along with the end scene with Will Smith and Jasmine. Okay. I didn't like the fact they weren't together. I'd like to see them together, but you know. Ellie. Um, so I agree about, um, I've forgotten his name again. Randy Randy Quaid. Um, but um, for me, it was that Marty guy earlier on in the film. I'm very glad that he. Oh, Harvey Firestein. Nice early. Yeah, I, I didn't like him. Oh, at yes. All. Yeah, I really, forgot about him. Really great. He on great me. on me. Did you think she was talking about Harry Connick Jr. or yeah, something? I did, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. The, that got the yeah, end. Yeah, right. it, it was just so over the top and cheesy. And I was like, this does not belong in this film. Fuck off. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I didn't like him. I'm trying to think. Well, that's something I really, really dislike. I'm not sure there's a whole lot. Um, maybe it's the suspension of disbelief, the computer virus. I know it's the 90s. I know. <laughs> <sighs> like, as opposed to let's just fly the ship. We'll put the tractor beam in. I'll, I'll fire something in there, and that'll cause everything to go, hey. I, I, it was just, it just sort of. If you know anything about computers in the slightest, then I'm by no means a super tech guy. I've got oh, a, I am. I'm computer Ooh. literate. <laughs> but the idea that somehow we have a com- we can we can develop a computer. Vi- just say the word virus, all that'll work. Yeah. Everybody hates viruses, and that somehow like, how are you getting across? Like is, 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 is it is it Wi Fi? Like they don't have thing. How, how, how do you know they have computer? Like I know exactly. you've got. Some, we needed something where he, we were in the ship and realized that he could do something or, oh, this affects my, my computer's being affected by the magnetism of the ship. And if something. I can just do that, something. Yeah. But it was just too generic. Like, he'll catch a cold. That was it. My dad's a genius. And when you heard it, you're like, I really don't think this holds up under closer examination. Even the whole, like, um, when you saw it on their screens in the alien ship, where it goes, <laughs> Yeah, skull crossbones. <laughs> yeah, what the what? Oh, so yeah. I thought you were going to say the drunk scene. With Jeff Goldblum. I can forgive him. He's really good in this. He is very good. Like, my, my issue is a bigger issue than that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I, I might put, but it might be like my third choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then we've got... Is this anybody's best role ever? Goldblum's. No, disagree. Gee. What, what's he better in? Jurassic Park. No. No, he's better no, in this. No, no, no. Okay, I disagree. Okay, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fair enough. I'm sure there are people who have seen him in multiple things. I've seen him in The Fly, but I... Pullman I, I, might be best in this. What, you mean while you were sleeping? He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely better in this. He sleeps in most of the film. <laughs> no, it's not him who's sleeping in while we were sleeping. Yeah. No, he's the, he's the guy, he's the dubious, like, brother. Oh, of course. It's some, like, yes, black-haired guy. Because, you know, he actually has to act. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's that, it's that oh, you're a, love was there all along. That's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, so, Pullman, I think, is best in this. Uh, just, just the emotions. Everybody else, I haven't seen enough stuff. 
Will Smith, I think, is better in other things. Will Smith's definitely better in other things. Yeah. Enemy um, of a state. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. People sleep on that one. I, that's I, I a, that's am a good looking film. as well. Haven't seen that one. Where he's on his own. He's seen the film on his own all, all the way through. Yeah. Um, what's that one where he does the body parts thing? I have no idea. But if you say Hitch, we're ending the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, dreadful film. Uh, Who else? Oh, um, um, Connie. I haven't seen her enough. You, you, you've told me I've seen her in things. I don't really know. I like doing this. Yeah. I like doing um, Miracle on 34th. What was that thing Ellie said he was, he was in? I've forgotten again. Oh, okay. Oh, Gossip Girl. No, no, no. She was like a brunette. with She had short brunette hair. It was something from the 90s or the 80s. And I was like, oh, really? I can't remember. That's okay. No, it's not, not a huge deal. So uh, I, I think for me, it's Goldblum's. Uh, for me, it's Harry Connick Jr.'s in this brief oh, thing. Oh, no, no, no. Harry Connick Jr. is better in um, Memphis Bell. Haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, Filmed at Doug's Foods. Three Men and the Baby. That was it. Oh, you should watch it. Uh, and then finally, uh, whoever else I said. It's all good. Um, so Bill, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. There's so many people in this. Uh, so it is that time for. There's oh, not that one. one. <laughs> there was a mistake you made. Was <laughs> wasn't it? That was quite apt. Oh, well, so, there's just so many different color buttons here. It's hard to keep track of sometimes. <laughs> I never want to hurt my age. That's funny. What's my age again? What's my age again? And a million thanks to Moonlight Social for our age game ditty. Yeah, thank uh, you, Ellie. What we got? And we've got Bill Pullman, president. Oh, hang on. This was 96, wasn't it? 38. I'm going to go a bit younger. I'm going to say 35. Yeah, I'm high. 43. Whoa! He looks good, doesn't he? He does look good. Uh, Will Smith. Oh, 28. 26. 28. Well done, Liam. Um, We're going to go for Judd (laughs) Hirsch next. (laughs) Sorry? We're going to go for Judd Hirsch next, Julius, because Ian already mentioned something about him being aged up for this, I believe. 57. 55. 61. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, so now we'll go back and do Jeff Goldblum. 45. 42. 44. Ooh. Hey! Well he he um, looks good for 44. He looks he? so good. Wow. Um, That's Connie. the buffest I've seen him. Connie. Uh, Connie. 40. 36. 38. Ooh. Oh, so the difference. Middle. There we go. Yeah. 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 She looks good for 38. Jasmine. She does. Yeah. Sorry? Finally, Jasmine. Jasmine. Oh, that's a tough one. I'll, t- I'll say this much. Like, Connors look very attractive in that last scene. Oh. When she's running up to him, she looks very attractive. Very good. Yeah. Um, 32. Th- no. 25. 32. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Come on. <laughs> nice, nice. And that's it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I, did Thank I you very much <laughs> for the age game. So uh, let's talk about some critics, shall we? Some critics. I have managed to get some stuff. Well done, you think on the fly. Available for it. Thank you very much. I'm trying to think. So let's do. Not a, that you don't have enough balls to juggle. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just doing what I do here. Uh, let's do a. So uh, Dwayne Burge from the Hollywood Reporter said a sci fi story constellation of the brightest star elements with German director Emmerich at the helm. Independence Day soars as filmic Ubercraft. Ooh. 
I think he liked it. I think so. And then let's go for one of the not so good one. Jason Bailey from Flavorwire. Flavorwire <laughs> says bad. a loathsome, soulless husk of a garbage movie. A bad movie then, and it's a bad movie now. Wow. That was released in 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a. Uh, I was, was curious if there was anything that was actually of its time, but I think. Uh, Maybe one last one. Tim Brayton from uh, Antagony and Ecstasy. Oh, this is also from December 2016. But he says, it's an utter slog, and there's nothing worse to say about a movie whose entire solitary purpose in life is to provide mindless, violent escapism. I would disagree with the violence. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. I think there's, there's far worse movies for that. So let's balance it out with, you know, my, my personal favorite, Ebes. Ebes. Who I says, know, uh, yeah, you are. The best shot Independence Day is one of the first ones of a vast shadow falling across the lunar surface. Visitors have arrived from beyond the solar system and soon their presence detected in our skies. Their ship is pretty big. Uh, he concludes by writing, I'm just looking for the, uh, Independence Day is in the tradition of silly summer fun. And on that level, I kind of liked it as indeed I kind of like any movie with the courage to use the line. It's the end of the world as we know it. And he gave it two and a half stars. Oh, that's not too Two and a half stars. So uh, let's take a look at what some of our listeners felt about this. I put up a poll. I was poll happy this week. Yeah, you were. And said, is Independence Day a great movie, mm-hmm. a good movie, a mediocre movie, or a bad movie? Mm-hmm. Ellie, because Liam can see the results. So I oh, can't yeah, ask sorry. It's like, no, it's okay. Which one do you think the audience might have said? Mediocre. They actually, I was leading for a while. They went with good movie in the end. 41%, 42% said good, uh, mediocre, and great tied with 28% apiece, and only 3% said bad movie. That's not so too bad. I think it's, I mean, for something on best the, film ever, I would hope we won't get a whole lot of bad movies. Exactly. I mean, at, at the end of the day, the box office good movie. itself, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And two and a half stars from, from, you know, it's summer silly fun. I would agree with that. Uh, Paul and Griff show say it was a must see film when it came out, but to be quite honest, rewatchability wise, it's not just there. Special effects to blow up the White House were way ahead of its time. When I think of Independence Day, I just think of, I just want to get up there and whoop E.T.'s arse. Arse. Come on, boys. It's ass. It says, okay, film. Uh, Juline from it goes down to PM says, I put good cause. Be- I mean, it's not a cinematic masterpiece. But Will Smith is funny, and come on, Jeff Goldblum, whoever wrote the script, surprised you by having the president negotiate instead of fight. I guess I'll say it. I love the movie because it's just fun, what you guys call a popcorn movie. Um, Josh from your next favorite movie says, great time in the theater, but I don't find myself wanting to revisit it, like ever. Danny from It's a Musical says, I haven't watched this film since the year of a sequel, but I do really like the spectacle of it. I think there's a great cast, and this is the thing that makes the film so phenomenal. Goldblum especially. I do think the shot of the White House blowing up is iconic, and he loves the parody of it in Austin Powers. Um, Ratchet Book Club says, I don't think it holds up to the test of time, but it wasn't supposed to. This was a summer blockbuster at its finest, and I still remember every jaw-dropping moment. The worst thing they ever did was deciding to make a sequel to it. Uh, kids what are we watching tonight says i think it's great at the time there was nothing like it it was an average story lots of it used before and other stuff but it had spectacle big explosions will smith brackets what he was good jeff goldblum brackets always good and dogfighting very entertaining in my opinion and then dan ger uh <laughs> i know i don't know how to write this movie it's enjoyable trash very memorable garbage i loved it as a guy in my 20s but in good conscience i can't say it's good or dismiss it as bad he says i foresee many this is stupid many this is stupid quotes from you ian i don't think i had that many actually in this one no i think you had one i did yeah yeah so that was i made the mistake of posting something twice so friend of the podcast liam helped me out dwayne smith 
Blanksmith! Said watching now proper blockbuster. Will Smith dialed up to 100, punching aliens. Bill <laughs> Pullman being presidential and discovering Area 51 is real. Jeff Goldblum, the scientific genius. And Randy Quaid saving the planet. It ticks all the boxes. And those explosions? It's awesome. I gave him, like, super movie guy voice for that. You did, you did. Uh, Carlos says, like I said in our blockbuster episode, wink, wink, the teaser trailer got me hooked, but unfortunately the film failed to deliver. There's some fun banter and rapport between the leads. Some sentences are pretty good, but I just can't deal with the stupidity of the script. Sorry, he says some set pieces are pretty good, but I just can't deal with the stupidity of the script. There are a few scenes I hate as much as Boomer's run jump to safety. That has got to be one of the stupidest and cringiest moments I've seen on a film. At least he got to see Area 51. <laughs> I will say the notion that the fire just moves beyond beyond the yeah. room and like it wouldn't come in the side or the heat wouldn't like burn, burn you guys tail. to a crisp yeah or any anyway, it would bake them they'd be dead yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like oh the fire's moved like, that's not how that's not how heat works uh, uh film flogger said i feel it's probably aged as well as will smith's marriage with a gif of an entanglement Ooh. uh and then festive flicks podcast say great film so, uh, I'll tell you one person who was also a critic. In 1997, actor Ewan McGregor labeled the film an abomination. He said it was a typical Hollywood example of how art suffers for the sake of money. He ridiculed the writing, its perceived over-reliance on special effects, and the acting. This is the guy who would later go on to be in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. I'm just saying. You hear me, Dan Mackles? That's aimed at you. <laughs> to the point where he felt the actors should have their equity cards revoked. so now it's time for our ratings that's what they thought about it what do we think about it liam you're up oh i'm flip-flopping here oh no i'm gonna gonna go with this i'm gonna go lower than i thought okay yeah i'm gonna give it seven and a half blockbustering buildings blown up (laughs) okay Blockbustering buildings blown up. Lots of bees, lots of plosives. Thankfully, we've got the uh, (laughs) pop filter on there. There we go. So seven and a half, you said, though. Yeah. So, Ellie, I need from you any notes from Georgia, maybe as part of her whatever, and then her rating. Maybe we'll do that one first, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you the bits that that I haven't already told you. So in general, she really quite enjoyed the film, thought the effects were really quite good, especially the initial blast waves of all the iconic buildings being destroyed. Mm -hmm. She thought the scoring was good and added to the story well. She felt a bit like the storylines for the main different main characters were pretty predictable, but acted relatively well. Um, you said this. Being quite succinct. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Um, and then overall, solid film. Liked the effects the best. Shout out to the little girl and boy. They were both pretty good for what they did. She is going to give it seven and a half celebratory cigars out of ten. <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey, nice. All right. Ellie. Um, I'm going to be even more succinct and say it was all right. Um, as I said, if it had some Star Wars vibes, thought it was better than Star Wars. Um, I'm going to give it six and a half. That's exactly where I had you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead uh, and say I have a lot of fun with this movie. I wasn't sure how it was going to look up. I, I was talking to Dan Mackles and said, I don't know. I said, I think I have an idea of where it fits in my head, but I don't know how it'll do now. Mm-hmm. Looking at it with a more whatever. It's summer, silly, fun. I don't find it to be as cringy. The, the, I think Jeff Goldblum's fantastic. I think he carries so much of this movie. It'd be a lesser film without him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. he's able to, and by the time the movie gets to its second and third act, Goldblum's uh, percentage of him being in it increases every moment of the way. Uh, Pullman's good. Um, it's a shame what they do with Connie. 
I don't care as much for Will Smith and Jasmine's relationship. Tell, which couple are you most excited about getting together? It's not the wedding. It's the reunion yeah, of yeah. the former of the former spouses. Um, and I think I just want Jeff Goldblum to teach me how to live. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with eight tires kicked and fires lit out of ten. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you. Eight tires kicked and fires lit out of 10 and that's really where we're at today so we've gone long today we have long movie though so i will close by saying what do we have going on for next week next week if all things go to plan england might be in the euro finals and that might cause a hiccup or two we hope Mm -hmm. not but we are lined up to both do a movie and to have a guest so here it is our film we are doing next week liam we almost killed off a president today Ah. If he died, he would have been, I guess, a bit of an ex-president. And the only thing worse than an ex-president is an ex-president who goes around robbing banks. Point Break. Point Break. It is the 30th anniversary, I believe, of Point Break, starring one Keanu Reeves. And Patrick Swayze. And Patrick Swayze. And definitely some conversations to be had there. Because I think Swayze's great. I remember oh, Swayze being great in this. Whether he is or not, I don't know. But we have a guest. And the guest is, I go on about this person all the time. I'm very excited. They're coming on the show. M from Verbal Diorama hey. is going to come on the show. Fantastic. And she is the biggest Keanu Reeves fan in wow. the world. Uh, I, if you listen to her podcast, which I do very regularly, she always tries to link the film she's doing somehow to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and so cool. it's a, I thought when doing this one, what better film to see if we could get M on for? This has been in the pipeline for months. And then England has to go and throw a spanner oh, in the works. I <laughs> so I think we've got a plan B as far as what time of the day we'll record, depending on how England get on on Wednesday. But that is the plan. So next week, it's uh, it sounds ridiculous ellie i know but it's about fbi agents tracking down bank robbing surfers yeah and despite how ridiculous that sounds works it does work i remember it working it, i don't know it, Maybe it, I'll it, so, it so works and this is still with keanu reeves with his surfer dude talk you know his bill and ted talk yeah but he's, he's the better oh, for it he's better, yeah. you know he's the no, better for it it works it works it works it does you can call me on this next week if i'm wrong but i think it, i okay. think it works it's a it's a good movie so there is that so we're very excited to both be doing that film and to be welcoming emma onto the podcast yeah, and hopefully to have wait. georgia back as well Yay. so that will be good lots of good stuff coming out i think on friday the plan is to release a see it or skip it on the bo burnham um special on netflix called believe that's what we're going to be doing. So we'll be watching, recording on that. Yeah, that on Friday. And then keep it up for more. Keeping it low key on Sunday. Superhero Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And I checked while we were doing it. We have now tied the record. So easily tomorrow, I think Terminator 2 should easily pass that. Oh, set cool. a new high watermark. So thank you out there for anybody who listens. Thank you so much. So for best film ever, I've been in. I've been Liam. And I've been Ellie. And years ago, I used to go ahead and look at podcasts and never thought that I should have one myself but then one day i finally looked at it and said i have got to get me one of these (laughs) we'll catch you on the flippity flap the flippity flip flop